0: From Arkansas, for Arkansas, this is Arkansas's Morning Show with Brandon
1: and Kelly. All right, good morning, Arkansas. Your morning show is on the radio. Good morning, Kelly Perry. Good morning, Brandon Baxter. Here we are. Today is Wednesday. It is October the 11th of 2023. So today on the show, Doc Talk with Dr. Shane mm-hmm. Spites. We're going to check in with him here in just a few minutes. Jamie Seaborn from Jonesboro Police Dare is going yep. to be here. He's been uh, given a couple of big awards recently. Yeah. He wants to come in and brag about himself. I think Brandon, that's I
2: saw... that is not what he's coming in for.
1: Is that not what he's coming in for? No. Dr. Dana Watson from Families Inc. is going to talk bullying this morning. Speaking of. Captain Charles Smith from the Salvation Army getting a set for Angel Tree and the Silver Tree. Uh, Dr. Kevin Reed from Vet Care, Wet Nose Wednesday. And Coach Brian Hodson from A-State Men's Mm. Basketball. He's going to be here right around 8.45 this morning talking about boots and ballers and exhibition games and the team and all that stuff. I'm ready. It's our first chat with him in studio, so we're excited about that. He did give me a warning, though. Coach Hodson told me last night, he said, If you mess this interview up, I am going to beat you up and make you forget about it
2: Is is he from another country?
1: And you're going to be hurt And I'm going to break your knuckles
2: Okay, for you not to have seen any movies Your accents are really off
1: Coach Hodson later on this morning That's what he warned me So I'm going to be on my best behavior I'm sorry, Coach What? Uh, today's National Take Your Parents to Lunch Day <laughs> National Stop Bullying Day <laughs> That's okay. not funny I was bullied as a kid It's really not funny I hated yeah. it uh, National Bring Your Teddy Bear to Work in School Day, and y'all, it's also National Curves Day. Woo! Let's celebrate. It's Wednesday morning, and you're getting up with Arkansas's morning show.
0: Thanks for listening to Arkansas's Morning Show with Brandon and Kelly.
1: Coffee man, according to research, it is a great motivator. It
2: is. It's one of the first things I do when I get up in the morning. I go start it.
1: Yeah, walk me through your routine. Your alarm goes off and what happens?
2: goes off. My dogs start running all over me and like they're excited. It's time to get up and go out. I go straight to the kitchen. They follow me, push my little coffee thing that's already ready Yeah. and go outside. And then by the time I get back in, it's ready.
1: Yeah, see, me too. So I, it's weird because I look forward to that first cup of coffee. I used to have uh, one of those machines where you could set the timer on it. And then oh, we bought yeah. the new, like the higher dollar machine, the machine that's more expensive, mm-hmm. where you can use either your your coffee or your K-cup.
2: Oh,
3: okay. The more
1: expensive one doesn't have a timer. It's the well, cheap ones that have the timer.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, but like, so I loved having the timer. Mm-hmm. That way I could smell it as soon as I would oh, wake yeah. up. But now it takes me a minute because I typically make a pot of coffee.
2: Yeah. Yeah,
1: normally that way I can have two or three cups Mm -hmm. before I ever even leave the house. Uh, But 81% of people say that coffee is the great motivator to get them out of bed.
2: Mm, Okay.
1: Which I get it. Like I can't imagine on the days where I don't have coffee, like if I have to either get coffee at the radio station or I have to drink something else, it just doesn't feel the same.
2: It puts a little bump in your day. It does. For me, it does.
1: And it's to me, it's not just the caffeine. Because you can get caffeine from, you know, let's say you grabbed a Dr. Pepper a Coke, a Mountain Dew, a Pepsi, whatever the case may be. You can grab one of those and probably get about the same amount of caffeine.
2: But there is something different about just kind of sipping on it. It's like Mm -hmm. you're drinking it slow as your body is slowly waking up.
1: Yeah, And they say there's a difference in uh, people looking forward to coffee depending on if you drink a warm coffee or a cold coffee. They say for people who drink the warm coffee, the hot coffee, they are much more motivated by the coffee to get out of bed. Like if it's an iced coffee, you don't really – it's not the same motivation, which I thought was interesting. Yeah. Hmm. But I just remember, you know, like those days where maybe the coffee isn't there or I didn't realize I didn't have coffee until I – I get into the kitchen and I'm like, "Oh no."
2: Not a good feeling.
1: And there's been days where it's like it's almost bedtime and then I have to alter my going to bed because I'm going to run to the store oh, to get me some coffee.
2: Yeah. Those are so. bad days.
1: But it's wild because for so many years I thought coffee was gross and I thought like if I smelled coffee it smelled like old people and then now all of a sudden it's it's so universally accepted.
2: Yeah, it's well, and I think too, it's it's the smell, the taste, and it's the nostalgic part of it too for all of us that did grow up drinking coffee with our grandparents.
1: And here comes old yeah. coffee breath over to you. Good morning. <laughs> it's like coffee, and they haven't brushed their teeth. Oh. You ever get a bad K cup? Because every once in a while, because a lot of times, have you ever had that? No. Where like your K cup doesn't taste the same day to day, and I, I don't know how that's possible. But, like, sometimes I'll get a K-cup and I'll make it, and it tastes a little more watery. And that's when I really go, what am I drinking? Like, what is this? Because I don't really want the idea of hot water with a little bit of brown. Ooh,
2: no, I think that's, I never noticed because I put French vanilla creamer in Oh, yeah, so you would know. Yeah. You're
1: drinking sugar and creamer?
2: No, it's sugar-free, fat-free vanilla creamer. Well, Thank you got to get mad about ma- it.
1: What? I'm what not
2: mad. It? All I did was correct you. You got mad
1: about it. No, so do you typically go for the dark roast, the medium roast, or the light roast coffee? Medium. So y'all go dark. Did you know the light roast has more caffeine? You would think it's the opposite. You would think really? the more bitter taste. Yeah. The dark roast I does know. not have as much caffeine as the lighter roast. Hmm. Anyway, 81% of people say coffee is the great motivator to get them out of bed.
0: Call Arkansas's Morning Show with Brandon and Kelly. 870-935-5346.
1: All right, good morning, Arkansas. It's time to celebrate. It's time for an Arkansas's Morning Show
2: high five. High five.
1: Hey, a big high five goes out today to Thomas Buckley. So Thomas lives on the Jersey Shore. Mm -hmm. He's 22. He's a surfer and a lifeguard. So his lifeguard skills came in very handy when he realized that a deer was in the water drowning.
2: Oh, my goodness. So
1: somehow the deer gets out on a rock and ended up in the water. And obviously deer can't swim in deep water. So Thomas, again, who does work as a lifeguard as well, realized he was going to have to get out there and save the deer. He jumps into the water, gets the deer back to the shore. And by the time the deer got to the shore, the deer just took off and ran. But imagine that. How ironic is it that he's a surfer, a lifeguard, and he rescued a deer?
2: Uh, It's very ironic.
1: It's a pretty cool story. So here's to you, Thomas Buckley of the Jersey Shore. It's an Arkansas's morning show. High five. High five. And today's high five is powered by Wright Fiber from Ritter Communications. It's the right speed at the right price right now. And you can check the availability in your area when you go to WrightFiber.com.
0: Every morning is better when it starts with Arkansas's Morning Show with Brandon and Kelly.
1: Right, doing a big on a Wednesday morning. It is October the 11th, and y'all, as always, Kelly Perry. Well, she's got three words for you.
2: Good morning,
0: Arkansas! This is Country Music News on Arkansas's Morning Show with Brandon and Kelly.
1: So we have Country Music News today on Luke Bryan. But I- All night. So Luke Bryan's mama, LeClaire, she celebrated her birthday, and there's one thing we know about Luke, and that is he loves his mama, <laughs> and he loves to give her a hard time. I love her, too. Like, she's a character. They're really funny together. Mm-hmm. She makes him all, like, hilarious. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Luke posted a photo of his mom. She's holding a fish. Her birthday post was her and a fish. <laughs> she's smiling real big, and uh, Luke told us the three things he's going to get his mama. He says, happy birthday, mama. I love you. Beer. Cigarettes and fishing money coming soon.
2: You know what I hear in my head? What? Shut up, Luke. Oh, Luke, you're getting <laughs> on my nerves. Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, but anyway, it's a pretty cute thing. Luke Bryan celebrating his mom, LeClaire, on her 76th birthday.
2: We have country music news today on Lainey Wilson. Go, go, go. Laney Wilson just hit another major milestone. She tied Luke Combs, tied with Luke Combs for having the most songs to top the chart of the U.S. Country Radio for 2023. Both Laney and Luke racked up three number one hits each on the media-based country airplay chart. Now, for Laney, that includes Heart Like a Truck.
3: I got a heart like a
2: truck. It includes Wait in the Truck with Hardy. I don't know
3: if he's... Don't
2: do it And her latest number one, Watermelon Moonshot.
3: Drink a watermelon moonshot.
1: Man, come on Cut the bottom.
2: So congratulations to Lainey on her success, and I don't know if y'all know this, but she's coming to Arkansas tomorrow, and she'll be here tomorrow night,
1: opening for Hardy. And somebody in this room is extremely excited.
2: Do you see the shirt I have on? That it?
1: is more Laney merchandise. It's a
2: weight in the truck shirt.
1: There is no wonder she can't pay her bills. She's bought <laughs> all of Laney's swag. <laughs> That's true. And country music news today on Eric Church.
4: All you gotta do is put up
1: Eric Church is talking hangover cures. Here's some (laughs) advice from the chief. He says you can always do a five-hour energy because of all the vitamin B's in it. He said start pounding those early. Uh, He said it's either going to work or it's going to keep you up so you can prolong your misery. One of the two. (laughs) But I guess he's saying do that while you're partaking. Okay. The other option is to wake up. And here's his, his secondary advice. Take two Advil and drink a beer in the morning. It's the hair of the dog and it works every time.
2: Why does that sound like somebody else's advice on <laughs> this? Like something I would say.
1: <laughs> uh, but Eric Church with the hangover advice right there. And that's your country music news on Arkansas's Morning Show with Brandon and Kelly.
0: She's a walking, talking encyclopedia. It's Kelly Perry's Did You Know on Arkansas's Morning Show.
2: Did you know the person who invented dunking your donut in coffee was a silent film star named May Murray? She dropped her donut in coffee in the 1920s, liked the taste,
1: and started spreading the word. That's pretty crazy. As a matter of fact, we have May on the phone this morning. Hey, May, how was it to film so many of those silent movies? Brandon. No, that. thank you, May. It's been great talking to
2: you. Oh, bec- okay. No,
1: yeah, silent movies. <laughs> she can't speak. She had problems with her vocal cords early on, and they were not able to form... Or you
2: know. they didn't have audio yet.
1: In the 20s? Okay. <laughs> what? <laughs> they didn't have audio? People That's couldn't speak so- in the 20s? Oh, my... Wait, no, you're saying that's why they had silent movies, because they didn't have the audio? No, that's
2: not what I... Yes!
1: I didn't know that. Did you know that?
2: Oh my gosh.
1: Are you confused? Uh, Yes. What day is it?
2: Did you know Dr. Seuss's license plate was Grinch?
1: No, wasn't. Yeah. Oh, that's cool.
2: Yeah, and as a matter of fact, Brandon has the exact same personalized license plate. Okay. okay.
1: See, I'm done with this day like I was done with yesterday, too. Okay. Yeah, it's up.
2: And did you know John Popper, the lead singer of Blues Traveler, wanted to be a comedian? He was a huge fan of John Belushi and started playing the harmonica after watching John Belushi do it in The Blues Brothers. Oh, wow. John Popper ended up being pretty good at it, too. Wonder, why, why do you want to give me the run-around?
0: Around? You're fire things up When all
2: does is to And if you didn't know, now you know
0: Call Arkansas's Morning Show with Brandon and Kelly
1: 870-935-5346 Thank you
5: for being a
1: friend I appreciate everybody
5: Travel down and look back again
1: Had a tough 24 hours
5: Your heart is true, <laughs> you're a passion. I appreciate
1: your messages and concern.
5: And if you threw a party No I do.
1: Y'all were there for me.
5: You would see the biggest gift would be from me,
1: and the card attached would say. Thank you you for being being my friend. friend. Thank you for being my friend. Had a back issue and uh, I was worried that it might be permanent. I was worried I might not ever be vertical again.
2: Yeah. And for some of you that did see the video he did, all you have to do is find the one where he has the sunglasses on. (laughs) Uh, Find that. And a lot of you were laughing and giving him, you know, heck Mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff. The thing is, yeah, he was being a little funny. The thing is, he was really, (laughs) the sounds that he makes, Uh uh, that was all morning from five o'clock in the morning, uh, until he left, and y'all don't know this, but his wife and I were sending messages back and forth, and I was letting her know. I was like, "Get ready, he's on his way home." <laughs> I just watched him get in the truck. Yeah, and she, and then she sent me a video of you getting out of the truck, and she goes, "Here we go," and she goes, uh, "Lord, please help me. Yeah. This is my life. You know all that stuff."
1: Because y'all wanted to pretend like I wasn't really hurt, like I was being exaggerative, and 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 I get it because like we were trying to make the most of it and try. try Try to turn it into like something that you Uh guys could enjoy. Right. That's kind of we're going to pull the curtain back. And we did that. I think a lot of people seem to to get a kick out of it. But what nobody knows is like literally I really wasn't a ton of pain yesterday. And it didn't really go away until about probably, I don't know, one or two o'clock when I finally got my back in place. So so you're rolling your eyes at me and you're like, oh, you're being a little dramatic. And I I get still am. Because a lot of women think their guy's overly dramatic when they're sick or hurt or whatever, right? I don't think. It's a fact. So when I got home, my wife kind of rolled her eyes because as I got out of the truck, <laughs> I tried to put my right foot down first. And you can see it in the video. My foot comes out, and I try to touch the ground, and it comes right back up, right? <laughs> because I couldn't put that foot down first. And then the other foot slowly comes down. So she's kind of giggling. She's recording me. She has a video of me thinking it's funny. Mm-hmm. And then when we got inside, she said, it looks like your hips are out of whack. <laughs> and so so I take, I took off my shirt and I stood in the mirror.
2: Hip dysplasia. Didn't that happen in like uh, Golden not golden Retrievers? St. Uh, Bernard's. <laughs> that or um, German Shepherds?
1: Yeah, all that stuff. Hip. So I had hip dysplasia, I think, okay. and a little bit of spiatica.
2: I'm so sorry I gave you words. And it's not spiatica. If you say spiatica one more time, I'm taking the mic away. I
1: thought that's what you said it was called was no, spiatica. No, I have
2: said sciatica from day one. Spiatica. Do you have a hearing problem? No. It's spy With a P. That's Quits. right, spiatica. You're saying a P. There is no P in it.
1: Spiatica. Okay. So anyway, um, when I got into the mirror, like literally... And this is... And I, I wish you would have seen this, but she didn't take the picture. My back was literally... Like if my hips were straight, like one of my hips was higher, but the rest of my back kind of had like a a river running shape, like an S shape. And Leslie goes, Oh my gosh, you're really hurt. And I'm like, I've sat around since what? Three o'clock in the morning telling everybody I was hurt. And everybody laughed and thought it was funny. and thought I was being exaggerative. And then as soon as she saw it, she's like, Oh my gosh, you need to go to the doctor immediately.
2: Okay. Did you
1: No, I got a broom and I laid in the floor. Cause I watched some videos on YouTube.
2: Uh huh. So y'all, I sent him a message like for about, we, we about interviews today. And I was like, by the way, how are you? He, Number one, you don't ever
1: use emojis. I do emojis all the time to people I like. you send an emoji
2: with a, with a smiley face. Y'all, he was in double deep, like, dying, mm. whatever. And and then he sends this paragraph about what I needed to know. And then at the end, he's like, I feel great. This is like... I was healed. This is like 4 o'clock. It was and a I'm miracle. like, he was going to have to go to the ER, have to have back surgery. You had some type of pinched nerve. Was worried about paralysis. Y'all, it, and, and he's being funny now, but this... You're smiling because he, it's dead serious. It's stupid. It
1: really is stupid, and I get it. Because now it looks like I was faking it. But if it you does, could have, if you could have, seen, <laughs> nobody will ever believe uh-uh. me though. If you could have seen my back, you'd have been like, "Dang!" I promise. Because it looked nasty, but it's fine now.
2: Hmm. I feel great. All of a sudden, it went from an S to a uh, to an
1: I. Oh man! Just
2: like
3: that.
1: Boom! Right there, standing tall, tall and proud. Okay, not very tall, but okay. still proud. <laughs>
6: I know this sounds crazy. Believe me, I know
1: it. It's crazy. That sounds kind of crazy. You must be crazy.
2: people are crazy. A 65-year-old man in New Hampshire named Michael was arrested for stalking a woman for four years. Michael never had a relationship with this woman. It started when he was a customer who would show up at her cafe and be super creepy. And at one point, he emailed her unsolicited inappropriate photos, and she warned him to cool it. That's when he started stalking and threatening her from the ground And from the air. Now this guy would fly a small plane over her house and throw tomatoes on her roof from above. (laughs) He would do these flybys two to three times a week and she said he would fly so close that the doors and the windows would rattle. This woman made repeated complaints but she couldn't get the authorities to take her seriously even when her neighbors confirmed her claims about the low flying plane. And get this even though the plane was Michael's he denied that he was the one flying it and refused to reveal who the pilot was telling the local news he didn't want to throw anyone under the bus. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, Michael's facing an eight, facing eight counts of misdemeanor criminal contempt, as well as one felony count. Oh. Speaking of having a stalker, what's a stalker and a Pokemon nerd got in common?
1: Oh gosh, what do a stalker and a Pokemon nerd have in common?
2: They both hide in the bushes trying to get a
1: Pikachu. Okay. <laughs> no,
2: I'm leaving. And there's even more proof that people are crazy. Wake
7: up, y'all.
0: Wake up. This is Arkansas Morning Show with
1: Brandon and Kelly. Kelly Perry, I have one question for you. Are you ready to celebrate some local people?
2: Let's do it.
1: Let's do the birthdays. Happy birthday to you. Oh, yeah. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. you.
3: Well, well,
1: well. Time for birthdays for today. It's Wednesday, October the 11th of 2023. Local birthdays, local celebrities. Here we go. Happy birthday goes out to Annie Hoskins, who's a 12th grader at Oak Grove Middle School, celebrating today.
2: Happy birthday.
1: Your family says they hope you all slay your birthday today. All right. So happy birthday to Annie, who turns 12 today. Also celebrating Stephanie Moore. Of Jonesboro Celebrating a birthday happy today birthday Always been real sweet to us Ooh. And a friend of the show So happy birthday to Stephanie uh, Crystal Moore Of Jonesboro Celebrates as well Rachel Grant Of Paragould Is celebrating Lisa Welch in Fayetteville, we have West Sharp of Evening Shade celebrating today, and Sarah Tidwell of Harrisburg has a birthday as well. And if you have a birthday today, we say this. We say Happy Birthday, birthday to all y'all, and you celebrate with these celebrities. Oh wow.
2: If you celebrate today, you have a birthday today with Cardi B. She's oh. 31 today. Oh, you know. I, don't dance
5: now. I, I make, make money, money moves. moves. Say I don't gotta dance, I make money move. Little Cardi
1: B on wrong. her birthday for you today.
5: I'm a in the tank. I, like I like it, like, it
1: like that. Sir, if I, you know I'm Cardi B, happy birthday. If
5: it's up, then
2: it's up, then it's up. If it's up,
1: then it's up, then it's up. So Cardi B is 31 up, up, today.
2: Happy birthday to Michelle Troctenberg. She's 38. That's Dawn on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And Georgia Sparks on Gossip Girl. Yeah. Happy birthday to Jane Kras- Krasowski. Krasowski, she's 55. That's Jacqueline White on The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt and Jenna Maroney on 30 Rock and Elaine on Ally McBeal. Yeah. Steve Young is 60. Oh, those are all good shows that you've never watched.
1: What's her name one more time though? Just so I make sure I can. Jane
2: Krakowski. Okay.
1: <laughs> there you go, Jane. Happy birthday. <laughs> Krasowski. I think he tried to morph her with John Krasinski. I think at I one did point. too.
2: <laughs> happy birthday today to Steve Young. He's sixty two, retired 49ers quarterback and MVP of the Super Bowl. Uh Super Bowl twenty nine. Yep. And happy birthday today to Daryl Hall, who's seventy seven from & Oates.
1: Come on now. We're- Of my come. A little Hall and Oates for you this morning. Oh,
3: Watch out for you up. Oh, here she
1: She's a man. It's Kelly's favorite hollow and Oates song. Oh, okay, <laughs> what?
3: Every year.
2: <laughs>
3: Daryl Hall of
1: Holland and Oates is seventy-seven. Your song. <laughs> no joke. <laughs>
2: That's
1: it. This makes me think of music my mom used to oh, yeah. love, man. My red they're watching you. They see your every move. Happy birthday to Daryl Hall. Because your kiss,
0: your kiss is on my list because your kiss.
1: Because Cause your kiss is on my list. Yeah. The best Close enough, huh? Happy birthday goes out to my good friend, Daryl Hall, <laughs> who turns 77 today. Happy birthday, Daryl, and to your other brother, Daryl. Hope you have a good one. Ladies and gentlemen, this is
0: the K Fine Breakfast Club.
5: Hey, welcome back, everybody. Powered by Family Zinc. We'll get back to the show.
0: Now back to Brandon
1: Baxter and Kelly Perry. We are joined this morning by the Good Doctor. He's the one that makes you feel all
3: right
1: He's the one they call Feel good right.
2: He's gonna be your Frankenstein I've got one thing you'll wanna say Dr. Shane Spice Dr. Shane Spice <laughs> Dr. Shane Spice He's the one they
1: call Dr.
3: Feelgood
1: Man, he is the good doctor He is Dr. Feelgood He's the dean of the NYIT College of Osteopathic Medicine at Arkansas State. He is a real doctor and a real dean. He is Dr. Shane Spites. What's up, man?
4: A real doctor. I'm doing real. well. How are you guys doing this morning? Uh, good. good. I used to play
1: doctor all the time, and sometimes I still like to do that. Okay. Uh, but I don't have I don't have all the right equipment.
2: Don't let him come to not your house. He'll try to he'll try to not steal one of your white <laughs> coats.
1: Oh, could I, <laughs> could I borrow some of your stuff for Halloween? Hmm.
4: Yeah, impersonating a physician. I, I think yeah. that's a felony. It is. Oh, is it really a felony? I don't, I don't
1: think you can do that. Yeah, I think ben,
2: that's a... Then Brandon has multiple felonies. <laughs> You're an idiot.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's not good. Hey, one of the things you and I were texting about um, a couple of days ago, because we had this family discussion about COVID, right? Everybody talks about COVID and the flu and all the different stuff. Um, and the vaccines come up. And now we're at a point, and I don't know if you know this, because I think sometimes... You're you're so caught in the sciences. Maybe you don't know what people are saying, right? And I'm, I don't mean that to be rude, but a lot of people in our family were like, "I don't know if I want to get the next COVID vaccine uh, because I got the first one, I got the booster, blah 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 blah." But I just don't know about the next one. And I know you. That would aggravate you, right?
4: Well, I'm. Um, I don't okay. know that aggravate is is the right word. I think. I'll tell you, I think we're probably where my frustration comes from now is that, you know, before COVID, we had more of a, um, how could I say this? You, you had a more, uh, an easier conversation about vaccines. And oh the reason gosh, yeah. why is because we hadn't, we as a, as a population hadn't gone through something so emotional as COVID. Right, and so you—you you, well, rational. That's what I was saying. We had we had a more rational conversation about vaccines, mm-hmm. and for most people, when you looked back, um, you know, vaccines were widely acceptable. I mean, right. everybody kind of—you know—it's almost like we've forgotten everything about the reason why we have vaccines and what vaccines have done for us. Um, and and I really believe that. I mean, at its simplest form, and by the way, it's obviously more complicated than this. But at the simplest form, what a vaccine is, is a little bitty small piece of a pathogen that gives your body um, kind of exposure to this pathogen. Not enough to really make you sick, Mm -hmm. but enough so that your body can create memory cells and can protect you when it sees it full force. It's almost like getting a a glance at the enemy Mm -hmm. and how the enemy works and how it's set up before you actually get infected by it. And so that's, that's really in, in its simplest form. And, and this started long, long, long ago. And people don't remember this. But like since 1900, we had between 300 and 500 million people die from smallpox. Oh, wow. Okay. That's, oh, that's, bigger, than the, that's bigger than the population of the United States. Wow. Smallpox carried a 30% mortality rate. Three in 10 that got smallpox would die.
3: Right. Okay.
4: Okay. Yeah. Vaccines change that. Vaccines completely turn that around. They do the same thing for polio. When you think about all the people that died or were disfigured from polio, I mean, it just basically obliterated it. I mean, we've got the same thing. Cervical cancer, mm-hmm. um, meningitis, shingles, pneumonia. These are all vaccines. Um, and, and... We do everything we can to make sure they're safe and effective. And it's like all of that was forgotten. It was so disappointing to see the number of childhood vaccinations drop Mm -hmm. um, after COVID. And what people don't realize is it's not as easy as saying, well, you know, my kid's vaccinated, so whatever happens to your kid is on you. Mm -hmm. It doesn't work like that. There's a vaccination rate threshold That the population needs to be vaccinated at, or or you'll have all these widespread breakthrough um, outbreaks. Mm -hmm. And typically, the numbers, depending on the vaccine, is between like 80 to 90%.
1: Oh my gosh.
4: Way high. Yeah. So, like in an elementary school, if you don't have, you know, 80% plus of the kids there that have had their childhood vaccines, you absolutely can get cluster and outbreaks of different viruses that you have, that we've not seen in years.
1: So you're not just um, and talking about COVID. Well,
4: you'll see that you'll see the measles, and mumps outbreaks. Like, hey, California had this outbreak, or Florida or Texas, they have got this cluster of measles or whatever it is, and that's what happens. Mm.
1: Yeah. So and I want to be clear: you're not just talking about the COVID vaccine. You're talking about oh no, you saw numbers drop off for all vaccines.
4: Yes. Yeah. It was. It was especially here in Arkansas. We saw a significant drop uh, in just all vaccines, vaccines that people used to take and their kids would take. And um, it's just, it's very disheartening. It's very disheartening, disheartening. Uh, There's bad information Mm -hmm. that is pushed out there, misinformation about vaccines um, that are affecting people's decisions. And people are making bad decisions about, you know, for their health and the health of their children because of that misinformation. So, you know, when you say it, frust- it, it upsets me. That's what upsets me. It upsets right. me knowing what I know and recognizing that that people aren't making the best decisions, you know, for their own health or the health of their family.
1: Don't you think it's fair to say, uh, and I, you, you probably know the exact specifics, and I don't remember them. But like a lot of people in this area, if not more than 50%, when you guys said, hey, go get the vaccine, go get the COVID vaccine, a lot of us did. A lot of us trusted and we walked right out there and we got the vaccines. I did that. I got both rounds. I got the booster. I did all the stuff because that's what the doctors were telling us to do. That's what that's what the media was. saying. that's what the government was saying. The, um, The CDC, all these different people were telling us to do that. At what point did it change to where people all of a sudden thought, oh, my gosh, I shouldn't have done that. Oh, my gosh, I can't believe I did it. And I don't want to do it again because so many of us did go and do it. So where is that threshold where it all changed?
4: So, so what happened is, um, and and this is one thing. So this is again, this, these are things that, gosh, it was so eye opening. You know, COVID was eye opening at so many different levels. This was so eye opening for me. Um, I forget a lot, and thankfully, you know, you and Kelly remind me. In <laughs> <and> my family, <laughs> I forget a lot. The world that I live in.
3: Yeah, yeah. You know,
4: I will. I live in a in a in a you know medical education world, data driven. Things change. New data comes out. We now don't treat blood pressure like this. We treat it like that. Right. The newest drug for diabetes is this. The newest. So what I learned in medical school or what I learned in residency, rather, on how I treat certain things is shifted. When I used to teach new physicians in residency, I used to tell them all, don't ever let me catch you practicing the medicine that I am teaching you today because it will likely have changed in five years. Oh, wow. And that's okay. the truth. And so as in the medical community, certainly in the physician world, we're used to that kind of change. The general public is not. Yeah. So when you tell the general population, this is the answer, and it changes six months later because you find out something new, they're like, whoa, whoa you lied to me.
1: Yeah, no, that, you, you <laughs> no, nailed no, no, no. it. That's exactly what it is. You just now yeah. nailed it, and I've never thought about it like that.
4: Yeah, and it's, and so that's what, for me, that was eye-opening, was like, ah, oh, and, and, and then what happens is it opens the door, and this is what we saw. You see these bad actors that maybe have MD, DO, PhD, that have something behind their name mm-hmm. that are going to try to capitalize on fear and mistrust. And they're going to find a way to get more followers or make more money in that, in that time of chaos. Mm-hmm. And that's what you see happen. So you see individuals who will seize, seize the moment mm-hmm. whenever there's confusion And they'll they'll start pushing a false narrative. And we saw that a lot in COVID. I mean, like you couldn't keep up with all the bad actors um, in terms of it came out. And, you know, you don't need the COVID vaccine. You need to buy my, you know, special oil. You know, I mean, that kind of stuff. It was there was, you know, you need my vitamin concoction, not the COVID vaccine. Right. That was really frustrating um, on the medical side was to see that knowing, again, this is what we do. You know, everybody's got their job. Everybody, you know, does their, you know, you go to work, you do your thing. This is what we did. This is what we always did. This is what we still do today, even after the fact. And so we've got, and, and it's not perfect. It's not a perfect science at all. And we learn more um, about it every day. So in the middle of it, it just seems like that there were changes in, uh, in how we approached it. But um, I think your, the other thing, too, was on the COVID vaccine, and this was new. This was something that we really hadn't run into. COVID, remember, COVID changes. Like, it mutates. Right. About every three to six months, it changes. And we can't keep up mm-hmm. with a vaccine. We can't change a vaccine that quickly. We don't have the infrastructure to make that happen. And so we're left saying, okay, well, we got this vaccine we used last year. Mm-hmm. I wonder if we, if we give it again, you know, do we get any kind of stimulus or response? Well, yeah, you get some. You're, you may get sick, but you're not going to die, and you're probably not going to be in the hospital or in the intensive care unit. The other thing to remember is vaccines don't 100% prevent you from getting the infection. And that wasn't always the expectation. When vaccines first came out, and that's the same as true, true today, I don't want to be hospitalized, and I don't want to die. <laughs> right. Look, I, I get it. I may not feel good for a right. day or two or something like that, but at the end of the day, I'm back to work, or I can at least check email. I don't want to have to be, you know, in the intensive care unit right. or the morgue.
1: Mm-hmm. Pretty good, uh, pretty good way to put that right there. And again, um, Dr. Shane Spites, the <laughs> dean of the NYIT College of Osteopathic Medicine, oh, yeah.
4: the morgue. Well, that, that was a Halloween piece, the morgue. Anyway. Yeah.
1: <laughs> hey, man, we appreciate the information. I think you open some eyes every time you talk about stuff like that. And the best thing that we can do as a platform is to allow you to. Uh, you know, give information, the medical information, the scientific information, and then people have that information to make their own decisions.
4: Guys, I appreciate you. Thank you so much for your time. Y'all have a great week. All right, you too. Dr. Shane Spites
1: on the K-Fine Breakfast Club, powered by Families, Inc. Ladies and gentlemen, this
4: is the K-Fine Breakfast Club. Hey,
5: welcome back, everybody. Powered by Families, Inc. We'll get back to the show.
0: Now back to Brandon Baxter and Kelly
1: Perry. All right, we're joined in studio by a couple of our buddies from Jonesboro Police Dare. Welcome back to the show, Jamie Seaborn. Thank you. What's up, Jamie? Hey. uh, You doing all right? Oh, we're having a good day today. You brought Makai Williams with you? Yeah. Is he escorting you around? No, he won't ride with me. Oh, he won't? (laughs) Uh -uh. That doesn't sound safe, does it? No, it's terrible. Makai, how are you this morning? I'm good, I'm good. They pay you good to hang out with Jamie? They really don't. I need a raise. (laughs) Hey, Cope. We need to talk to Cope or the chief. Let's reach out to the chief, okay? Yeah, let's, get, let's get Jamie in trouble with the chief. Yeah, yeah. Uh, first of all, I believe the real reason I think Jamie came in, of course they're going to tell us they have the Dare to Tread the Trail stuff coming up, which is a fundraiser for Dare. But the real reason Jamie came in and he provided me with all the information, he wants us to brag on the awards he's been given recently.
2: Brandon, don't start it with... <laughs> yeah.
1: He sent me that text last night. He said, can we mention these awards I received? <laughs>
8: I don't think I have that text. (laughs) Yeah,
2: it's funny. But
1: Community Hero, he's won this from two different organizations. So the NEA Optimist Club Uh has named Jamie Seaborn Community Hero and Law Enforcement Officer of the Year. And then Pro is a part of the deal for the NEA First Responder Hero. And guess who that was? Jamie Seaborn.
8: Yeah, I was was really surprised on both of them because I said there's so many more officers, I think, that are more, you know, I don't know, more deserving of that. Sure. Um, But you know, teaching the craze and that kind of stuff. I love going around to businesses and teaching that. So a very big honor, I thought.
1: No, I think that's awesome. And the fact that because the picture I saw on the Facebook page was you with both of the plaques. It's like, hey, that's kind of a proud Mm -hmm. moment right there. Mm -hmm. So uh, you guys have the Dare to Tread the Trails event coming up this weekend. And this is something, Jamie, I know that you've poured a lot of love into and passion and work into over the years to kind of grow. Uh, Tell us about this event.
8: Yeah, so I'm pretty sure I still have the only trail run and mountain bike ride in Jonesboro, so so that's kind of cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so Saturday, we're going to start off with a 5K, 10K half marathon. Uh, and then you've got to, and if you register for this, you've got to stick around because we're giving, a, well, Roof Raiders is giving away a $1,500 mountain bike. Yeah. When Uh, I saw
1: that, I'm like, these guys, the Roof Raiders guys, they play big. When they want to play, they go big.
8: Yeah, they've been really good to us this year. Uh, And then um, we've got some other prizes, too. So, you know, one thing about our event is I don't have a lot of flashy stuff around, but I do have prizes. So, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. you're probably going to walk – some people are going to walk away with more than their entry-free and prizes. Well,
1: and and you're going out to Craighead Forest Park, which Uh is just – I mean, it's awesome to be out there now. I remember, like, when I first moved here, you know, Craighead Forest Park was always, like, the nicer park in town. But when Mm -hmm. you see what they've done with that – over the years, like it's a great spot to go.
8: Yeah, and this is our sixth year, I believe, of having this event. Yeah. Uh, we got a new logo this year, and so it's just it's just a lot of fun. Uh, and then, you know, then Sunday, the mountain bike thing, uh, whenever I first started, it's, I wanted to have an event where new riders got with older riders, you sure. know, that's been doing it a while. And it's just a fun day. I mean, we go out and ride. There's no set course. It's just a lot of fun.
1: So you just get out there, and there's no, like, you're not trying to hit miles or Ks or anything like that. No,
8: uh, we'll just go out and say, hey, we're going to go ride for. (laughs) What do you, Uh, would you say miles or distance? Miles, miles. You're not doing it for distance. Uh, No, we'll just, uh, because there's some some guys like to do the jumps. And uh, a friend of mine, Andrew Long, he's going to, he does all of that stuff. And he'll take the guys that want to go ride fast. And if they just want to keep on hitting that, I'll set up one poker spot, and they can just keep drawing in the same spot. Uh, so that way they get to have fun. And then if you want to be with the slow group, me. Sure. Or me. <laughs> then you uh, you can go ride with me and we'll stop, take pictures and have a good time. Uh, and ride for a couple hours, go back and win some prizes and eat.
1: So if people want to get signed up for either the Run Walk, which is happening on Saturday, or the Mountain Back, the, the mountain back Trail stuff on Sunday, uh, where can they go get signed up?
8: Uh, race Roster. Now it's going to close Thursday night, okay. but you will be able to sign up day of. All right. So Makai, I want you to tell me about D.A.R.E. Because yeah, you know, I, I remember
1: like go you know being in Dare when I was young, right? And it was a big deal and yeah. when we were in school, when Kelly and I were in school. But it's it's so different now. What is it about Dare that kind of draws you into the program and wanting to give back to these kids? Just being able to teach them, you know, just being able to teach them, you know, how to, you know get yourself on a good path so mm-hmm. that way you know you don't have to grow up and
3: just you know get in trouble and everything. These kids have us for ten weeks, and for these ten weeks, we teach them
1: everything from. Just how to say no to drugs, how to communicate with others, bullying, um, and just et cetera, et cetera. Well, I think that's a big deal because, you know, when we were in school, it was really about drugs and alcohol. Mm -hmm. But there's so many different influences on kids these days that we didn't have when I was in school. And I think for you guys to tackle the stuff on bullying and what happens on social media, I think that's really big because it's so relevant to their everyday lives. Yeah, yeah. Uh, So when we raise money with events like Dare to Tread the Trails, how does this money go to fund the program of D.A.R.E.?
8: So it all goes back because um, we we buy our shirts uh, and the books. And, you know, by the time you add up the shirts, books, and some people don't realize we spend close to $4,000 just on pencils. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, That's crazy. Uh, you know, because if the kids are good, we give them one pencil. Yeah. <laughs> every right. <week>. Like <laughs> every, we like every to every reward class, them. Uh, each week. Yeah. Uh, but all that money stays in Jonesboro. Right. So it all goes back to them because we, we never want a kid to have to buy their stuff True. or a parent have to buy it.
1: Well, a lot of people are going to say, hey, I thought this was funded either by the state or by the police department and all that ca- type of stuff. But, like, all the stuff you're doing in the schools is funded through your own fundraising.
8: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we fundraise yeah. fundraise it. And just, like I said, we just – we enjoy that the kids don't have to pay for it. Yeah.
1: How many kids come up to you uh, after the program or once they're out of school and thank you for the work well, that you've done? a bunch last night at that uh, bus, Yeah, I was at – last night we were at an event and, like – Twenty of our kids came and
8: just gave like us hugs and took pictures. is the best? Yeah. yeah, it is. So you're uh,
1: changing lives. You're impacting lives.
8: So one of the you know one of the things we saw is we had a one of our fifth grade students that whenever we walked into the room would ask to go to the bathroom and disappear for a while, right? Completely scared of us Aww. and
1: because you're officers,
8: yeah. yeah. And then uh, we've we've got her to open up because uh, she ended up now she's. Participating in class, Officer Williams pulled her up the other day and let her do uh, one of our things. And so, Uh, you know, that's what's cool. She enjoyed it. She
7: loved it.
1: Well, sometimes all those kids need is a little bit of attention, a little bit of love, and a little bit of guidance. And -hmm. if you guys are able to go into the classroom and steer even one kid in the right direction, we're saving one person from – Possibly going down the wrong path. Mm-hmm. So, again, Dare to Tread the Trails. It's a two-day event. On Saturday, it's a run, walk, a 5K, a 10K, and a half marathon, which is, what, 13 miles? Yeah. That's Don't forget lot.
8: the point 1. They'll tell they will tell you that. Is a
1: 13one one? <laughs> 1.1. They'll whoop you. If, if you get the 13 and can't get the point 1, you got problems. Yeah. Uh, and then on Sunday it's the mountain bike fun trail ride and all that stuff. And again, if you want to find out more where where can they go? Uh,
8: go to race roster. And also we have a Instagram page called Dare to Tread. I just started and y'all okay. I'm, yeah, I'm new to that. Uh, right. and then uh, Dare to Tread, we got a Dare to Tread Facebook page too and our Jonesboro Dare Facebook page.
1: There you go. Jamie Seaborn and Makai Williams join us in studio this morning on the K-Fine Breakfast Club powered by Families, Inc. Ladies
8: and gentlemen, this is
1: the
0: K-Fine Breakfast Club. Hey,
5: welcome back, everybody. Powered by Families, Inc. We'll get back to the show. Now
0: back to Brandon Baxter and Kelly Perry.
1: So we're joined in studio by Dr. Dana Watson from Families, Inc. Counseling Services, a clinical psychologist, Uh, and she's in here on National Anti-Bullying Day.
9: Good morning. Oh, and I just said something ugly.
1: Well, and here I am doing impressions.
9: Well, Shameless. yeah, I think she's
2: here to talk to you about this.
1: So well, are you here for an intervention? Welcome
2: to your intervention. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> welcome.
1: No, and so we joke all the time and we we play around with each other. But uh, and I've talked about this before when I was young, um, you know, in school or whatever. Middle school, especially I think it was by middle school is where I started to feel like I was getting bullied and picked on because I was small and I had longer hair and I looked different than everybody else. And I think it's very important at this point for us to talk not only about mental health, but about bullying as well.
9: Yes, I think it is very important. And um, I, too, have some of those memories from childhood. You know, it is it is um, part of the education around the process that we talk about. um how those memories can affect us as adults, like how some of those self-doubts and and self-esteem issues or difficulties that happened 20 years ago, 30 years ago, can follow us and shape who we are now.
1: So do you think I still deal with that to this day in some way?
9: Well, I think you've revealed enough about yourself okay. to have Um, been honest and said, like, you know, you have some anxiety or you have some thoughts and we've not delved deep enough to see where it comes from. But very often it does come from childhood. Mm -hmm. It does come from early experiences.
1: That's weird, isn't it? So really, like our job as parents, because all three of us in this room are parents, so important to be good at that and to be there for our kids. Yep.
9: Yep. Yep. We've got a lot of responsibility as parents and educators and just members of a community in general
1: but that's heavy when you think about Mm -hmm. it. It is very heavy. If I think a lot of my life has been predetermined or at least how I react to things based on what happened to me when I was young and most of that in school, I would think, but you know, like my father passed away when I was young too. So I was raising a house with, without uh, you know, the male role model. Mm -hmm. So I think all that stuff kind of rolls us into who we are. Yep. Anyway, back to bullying. Uh, I guess if I were to say to you, kind of give me the general overview of like what is bullying. Is bullying the same thing as what like we would do? Like we mess around with each other, all in good fun. Is right. bullying and teasing different?
9: Yes, it is. So let's do this. Like from the outset of the show, let's say we're going to talk about like specifically about actual bullying. Okay. You know, in that way, when we we can give it like its own time and credit mm-hmm. and 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 importance. So okay. we'll do, what we'll talk about today will be the real. Really? Yeah. So the stuff that is going to affect you for a long time.
1: Uh, Let's talk about that, though, and what that looks like. What would you say bullying is? What does that look like? And, you know, for people as they're going through bullying?
9: Okay, so uh, with acknowledging that there are painful experiences in childhood Mm -hmm. or as even as adults, um, we'll set those aside and we'll talk about bullying in its in its truest form because those are repeated and very willful and purposeful actions designed to hurt someone Um, physically. You know, Mm -hmm. it can be um, in the form of like kicking or shoving or or um, pinching. Uh, or emotionally where it's it's humiliation or it's some kind of teasing or spreading rumors about another person, even threatening a person. And it can be relational bullying where you um, ostracize another person or maybe you spread hurtful rumors about them. But it is, it is very purposefully designed, and often there's a power differential, either a real power differential between the two people or, or even a perceived power differential.
1: This makes me think I've told the story before about like a yearbook from the seventh or eighth grade where, you know, you would go around and you would have people sign yearbooks. Yes. And like one of mine, I never wanted to take home to my mom because I was getting bullied in the writing. And I took that home and it was people Mm. making fun of the way I looked or, you know, questioning things about me and all this kind of different stuff. And I'm like, Mm. my mom paid for this yearbook and I don't want her to see this because now I want to protect my mom from the amount of bullying I'm I'm kind of going through at school. Yeah. Uh, But, you know, so it's kind of different now as we look at 2023, life is different than when we were in school. Uh, Can bullying be done like over the Internet? Like I'm thinking is is, you're probably going to tell me yes. Like cyberbullying is it might not be direct in your face, but it's also bullying.
9: Yes, that's exactly right. And cyberbullying. I mean, bullying can occur on campus or off campus, obviously. And cyberbullying is the same. It's willful. It's repeated. It's purposeful. Um, pain that's inflicted on another person um, and it can be now using cell phones or social media or you know direct message all kinds of different types of electronic devices and, and the bullies might they may engage in the same kind of humiliation or public shaming they could even exclude someone from a chat um, or even post their pictures embarrassing pictures of them or or screenshots of their texts online and um, you know we see some of that stuff like catfishing where they purposely pretend to be another person to fool someone or to manipulate them so absolutely
1: but i feel like that with the cyberbullying you know back when i was in school at least when i went home i wasn't getting bullied right yes. like i'd get home and i was it was almost like that was my safe place but with cyberbullying it's like it's always right there it mm-hmm. can get to you at all times if you have access to a device and that seems like it's it's even worse because it can continue and continue
9: yeah right there's not a <clears throat> there's not a clear stopping point there's not a place like you said where you can be safe from it and you can turn it off for a little while um you know so i think there is a, a definitely a much more difficult element involved in cyberbullying you know and then again people can save um that bullying you know they can other people can save those text messages or those people so i mean it can it, those pictures it can live on in perpetuity and go on to embarrass and humiliate you over and over and over
1: but so bullying also includes, I guess, harmful behaviors that are based on, you know, gender or identity preferences and, and all that different stuff as well,
9: right? Yeah, and the term for that is biased based bullying. Okay, you know, and again, because it's it's a very distinct subset of bullying, right? People bully for a lot of different, so this sure. is just one reason. So bias based bullying is when you're targeting a person specifically based on characteristics of their identity, like their race or their uh, religion or their language sexual orientation, their abilities, their body size, their gender. Um, So it, it, you know, it has um, become a a really um, prevalent form of bullying as well.
1: So as a psychologist, walk me through, like, why do people bully? Because I always, whenever we talk about that, we think, well, there's something wrong with them. And that's the reason they're picking on me. But what's going on inside the mind of the bully and, and why are they bullying somebody else?
9: Yeah. So when we talk about this, um, if someone has been in the place where they or their children have been bullied, they tend to be very sensitive when we talk about characteristics of people who bully and characteristics of people who are victims of bullying. And so never would we want to would we want to have the assumption that studying characteristics of either person or party would be an excuse for that behavior. But I think about it like cancer. Okay. Nobody wants cancer. We definitely don't want cancer. But by being able to study some of the factors of why cancer occurs, then we have a better shot at doing things like prevention mm-hmm. and early intervention. So it is so it is important to study. So I'll just put that out there sure. kind of as a caveat that it's not an excuse. It's just a some potential uh, factors that go into why. Right. And so what we have found is that in most situations, bullying serves a function for the student's who instigate it. And it might be that they have been in a situation where they themselves are bullied and their self-esteem or confidence has been negatively affected. They want to pass that on to another person and kind of now someone else is in a one down position. Um, Students who bully are often at high risk for other conduct disorders like domestic violence and substance abuse and people who bully. um, I think, you know, again, we have to be able to identify the characteristics of why someone would be in an emotional state where they would want to inflict pain on other people. Sure. Um, but but those people who are in that state, one of the best things we can do for them is get them counseling and get them support to try to remediate that. That doesn't mean they don't need consequences as well for their behavior. That's part of the support that we would offer them is consequences. Um, But I think we should think about them as people who need intervention as well. Right.
1: So I hate to ask the question kind of in this way, but I'm going to go ahead and I guess do it. There's so many different, uh, you know, kids who are victims of bullying. Uh, what would you say to me as a psychologist? Uh, tell me about like the people who are targets of bullies. Are there certain things, characteristics that might make somebody, I don't know, maybe more vulnerable to being bullied?
9: Yes. Yeah. So remember we talked about the power balance, whether it's power imbalance, whether it's real or it's perceived. And a lot of times students who are targeted for bullying are members of a historically marginalized group, like racial or ethnic minorities, um, certainly the LGBTQ. QIA community, um, and children who have different abilities or different bodies. But sometimes, as we all know, it's the kid that really is doing well, the kid that Mm -hmm. is successful, the kid that is popular. And another child um, who has their own pain and their own hurts and their own motivation will target them because they don't like those characteristics or they're jealous.
1: But that's even more heartbreaking to think about that. You know, when you when you think like these these really are all signs of either somebody's hurting or we're hurting somebody else. Why can't, like, why does it have to be devastating like that? Why does it have to be heartbreaking?
9: Yeah, absolutely. Um, because what we see sometimes when children who are being bullied, they begin to disengage in school. You know, it might look like they don't have interest or their grades may start to drop. They may um, say that they have... Um, you know, um, like a stomach ache or anxiety, some some reason to not go to school. And it is heartbreaking to see even little kids avoid recess mm-hmm. or school-based activities so they don't have to go to school or they don't have to see their, their um, perpetrator. And they can become, as you can imagine, extremely depressed mm-hmm. and, and anxious up into and, and truly including like self-harm or suicidal behaviors.
1: Let's see, that's <clears throat> just terrible to think about stuff like that. Uh, But students who are bullied, they're going to need support in the schools, right? Like Mm -hmm. we need to have professionals in the schools. We need to have teachers in the schools who can kind of see this and and know when to intervene. Because again, when it was happening to me, man, I I just don't know if people weren't as as trained back in the 90s and the early 90s as they are today, but it just felt like I was going to have to endure it.
9: Yeah, yeah. You know, again, one doesn't have to be worse than the other, but there is a small difference if you think about it, about a 20-year-old who is who is experiencing bullying or a 40-year-old, those people sometimes have a little bit more power to escape um, to escape their abuser or their bully, whereas like an 8-year-old or a 12-year-old, mm-hmm. we're kind of just holding them captive at school. So mm-hmm. they can't just walk away from their environment, and they just don't have as much power at that age. So it really is heartbreaking. I mean, it's heartbreaking at any age, but certainly mm-hmm. when I think about the younger children.
1: But there's also a deal like we're going to encourage people to go out. Hey, if, if you're being bullied, go tell somebody, tell your teacher, tell your counselor, tell your neighbor, your mother, your mentor, whatever that case may be. Uh, what kind of anti-bullying initiatives are there in schools right now? What are What's essential for schools to have to create that safe and supportive learning environment for kids? Because we need that. Our kids are at school for you know eight hours out of the day. Mm-hmm. We need to think that they're going to be when we trust them in their hands that there's you know, we're working towards something. What kind of initiatives do schools need to take?
9: Well, schools really do get to play a vital role in preventing and addressing um, bullying behaviors. So there's a lot of different school-based initiatives that are designed to teach um What bullying is, how to identify those characteristics um, so that they can prevent incidents, you know, from occurring or reoccurring, and then they can support both the victims and um, the bullies. And um, really, we have to have these initiatives in our school. We have to take time to incorporate them so that we can create safe. Um, and inclusive environments for all our schools. And another thing I think is that we have to educate the bystanders. So um, these are the children who might sometimes not be the bully or a direct victim of the bully, but they may um, do certain behaviors to stoke the fire for the bully, you Mm -hmm. know, Um, or they may just turn a blind eye to what's going on, probably In both of those situations, they're really nervous about becoming the victim themselves. Um, But we really need to um, spend time with our children, um, specifically letting them know that their response should be that behavior is not okay. You can't talk to him like that. You can't treat her like that. Um, Or at the minimum, just be a person who will go and inform the teachers about what's going on.
1: So I know a lot of schools do work on this. I don't want to make it sound like we don't think schools are working on it. We even talked to DARE a few minutes ago, like Mm -hmm. the DARE officers talk about bullying. Uh, What are some of the, the most common strategies and maybe initiatives that the schools should be using to address bullying?
9: Well, okay, so first like we said, just education um so that we can have awareness of what bullying is. So that a lot of times the schools will do that and and it is true, the schools here um have in, incorporated um different type of anti-bullying initiatives to my knowledge every one in this in these districts have um excellent programs. And so um they can do it through assemblies and workshops and discussions in the classroom so that teachers and, and parents and students all are educated on the forms of bullying and the impact. And they really need to have very clear um, anti-bullying policies and, and um, so that everyone knows what to understand. If this behavior happens, this is the consequence that you can expect. Right. Um, and then also reporting procedures. Um a lot of them have prevention programs, like we talked about, like that they educate the teacher so that they can see if a child's um, behavior or mood changes. Maybe the teacher will be right. um, able to pick up on that and have like an effective intervention um as early as possible, and they do online safety classes about cyberbullying and how to report that and really, you know I, I mentioned earlier, just a, a um an easy and an available reporting system that someone can report these behaviors anonymously if right. they need to, and designated people in the schools um, who are very specifically trained in what bullying is and then how to intervene and how to move forward if they do get those reports.
1: Again, Dr. Dana Watson from Family Zinc is in studio this morning talking about bullying uh, and talking about the schools. Obviously, schools uh, are making counseling services available. I think most schools do that. Am I right? like most yes, of them have not
9: yes yes like, to, like i said to my knowledge um all the schools in our areas um proudly um have adopted different types of um of of anti-bullying initiatives um in this just, but when they but when, when they partner with the counseling services or or when they have like a a plan for referral for a child who is either being victimized or who has exhibited these types of behaviors then what we're hoping for is that um, therapy or counseling will offer the support needed, the coping skills needed to kind of mitigate the effects um, of being bullied on our children so that so that we can we can stop the behavior, but then we can also help them cope with that and, and, and we can support them if they need it.
1: It's is going to sound like a weird thing for somebody that was bullied to say, but how do, we, how do we help the bullies become better people? Because there's going to come a point in their life where more than likely they regret how they treated people.
9: Yeah. How yeah. can we work on that early? Yeah, for sure. Well, I think it's important that, of course, it all starts at home, yeah. right? I mean, like it all starts at yeah. home. But also the school, like I said, has this opportunity to educate children about um, – Kindness, a lot of them will have a code of conduct that really emphasizes kindness and respect and empathy for each other um, and for the way um, it makes other people feel when they're in that position. And so there are very specific um, techniques and programs that can be used to educate bullies. Um, and then also not only understanding the pain that they're inflicting, but other ways to manage their own pain or to resolve the issues that are going on with them that allow them or create the opportunity for them to um, pass that pain on to others.
1: Talk about, uh, I guess, real-world examples of schools that are successfully implementing these anti-bullying strategies. What what type of things can we point to to saying, hey, they're doing it right?
9: You know, when I was doing research for this, I found the coolest stuff. Like here locally, I know in my children's school, they have the PBIS program, okay. and it's like a, a positive behavior program. Um, I think there's a couple here in the surrounding areas that use something called um, restorative justice where they try to bring After counseling on both sides, they try to bring the people back together and work on relationship building. And there's a no bully program. But the coolest thing is all over the world, like Ireland has a very strong anti-bullying campaign in their schools. Finland does and Norway. So we we um, it does seem like this is not a United States issue, right? Like it's an issue all over the world about how people are treating each other um and how people are being treated and what the effects are so it is really nice when i was doing some research just to to see that um we are kind of all in this together
1: yeah we got to fight the fight and it'd be great one day to say we're not bullying each other for sure or at least to get better at it so if your child maybe you're hearing this your child's being bullied in school or maybe they're struggling with something else um you guys can always reach out to families inc they have locations around the area 870-933-6886, that's Families Inc., 933-6886, you can find out more at familiesinc.net as well. Dr. Dana Watson joins us in studio this morning on the K-Fine Breakfast Club Powered by family's inc
0: ladies and gentlemen this is the k-fine breakfast club hey
5: welcome back everybody powered by Family's inc we'll get back to the show
0: now back to brandon baxter and kelly perry
1: we always open the door for somebody who is bringing gifts and this morning we <laughs> saw captain charles smith outside the door bearing gifts and we thought we should let him in yes welcome back to the show man
10: well thank you for having me i really do appreciate it this morning
1: So the Salvation Army, you've been uh, in northeast Arkansas with the Salvation Army for, I guess, a few years now, right? Yeah, we're going
10: into our third year this year.
1: So you know, literally, you got here right at the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. How wild was that?
10: That was pretty wild. I mean, there was some kind of social distancing going on. But still, we were able to, you know, do what we need to do to help people in our community. And that's
1: yeah. the key. That's the mission of the Salvation Army.
10: Yeah, yeah, and to do it without discrimination. And so, yeah, that's what we do, and we've done that. I mean, the Salvation Army's done that for over 100, over 180 years, yeah. and so it's been it's been a minute. So.
1: Walk me through that, because let's say there's somebody who's listening who's heard Salvation Army, or maybe we watch the Cowboys game and we see you know the Red Kettle and all the all the different stuff that we see, right? Right. Uh, tell us what Salvation Army is and kind of the mission of the Salvation Army. Wow.
10: Do we got time for that? (laughs) It's a
1: big mission, right? But you guys want to accomplish a lot.
10: It really is. Um, I mean, we're in several countries. Uh, It started in 1865 in London, England with with William and Catherine Booth. And they saw those that were in Victorian England that were destitute in poverty, children that were without parents, and they just stepped up and did something that – People didn't do in that day and time, and they they went out and helped people. And it was it's interesting. It came here to Jonesboro, Arkansas, in March of nineteen oh one. Oh wow! And, and and the guy that started it actually came out of Illinois, which is strange. But uh, he came down and just began working with the people. And um, since that time, has pr- pr- progressed to what we're at where we're at today. So,
1: so it's been around here for over a hundred years in Northeast Arkansas. Yeah. So there was a need then in 1901 and we look at it in 2023 and we say the need is still there. And and, and in some cases I would assume the need might even be greater. It, it kind of is. I know this last year. Let me just throw out some numbers for you. Okay. Uh,
10: last year, we were able to provide almost uh, 4,000 emergency food boxes. Mm-hmm. We had over 7,000 nights of shelter in our homeless shelter. Mm-hmm. We provided over 25,000 meals through our community uh, diner, the Red Shield Diner. And last year, uh, you know, Jonesboro stepped up and was able to help us to give out almost 5,000 gifts during Christmas. Oh, my And gosh. so, you know, that, when you're thinking of numbers, I mean, you're, you're thinking, and every night we serve a meal every night even during the holidays and so people are like really you do that and i said we can't do it alone i mean that's where the community really does come in and help us we have well i'll tell you this i'm going to do a shout out really quick through uh, grace church uh, pastor nevin nagy their church actually provides a meal every thursday night faithfully for the last 12 years wow so that's that's pretty impressive so it's just uh you know, it it chokes me up when when I think about when people really care about our community and step up and try to help. It's just uh, it's pretty amazing.
1: I think a lot of people, and I think we do this not intentionally, but I think a lot of us get busy in our own lives, right? And we're doing our things, and we have work to get to, and we have kids or grandkids, and we have bills to pay, and all that. And sometimes we forget. That there are people out there who are going through extreme struggles. Like I I worry about, oh, you know, I'm not going to be able to do what I want to do or I I can't. I'm not getting exactly what I want. There are some people whose struggle is they don't have food. Right. They cannot eat. Right. Right. Uh, And I think sometimes we as people, we forget that. We, we forget, you know, hey, our house might not be the big mansion over here, you know, around the corner. Right. But there are some people that don't have a home. Right. They have no place to go. Right. And that's where the Salvation Army is going to be there to help.
10: Right. And we just step in and try to do what we can. And, uh, you know, again, we, we serve eight counties, uh, Craighead, Clay, Green, uh, Lawrence Jackson, uh, Mississippi Poinsett, and Randolph. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a big area to cover, and it's just uh, me and my wife, Captain Terry, and uh, – we only have two staff right now, so we're God, we're. Str- I mean, no, you're str- You can say it. you're struggling. We're it's struggling, hard. and so uh, we're trying to uh, hire a couple of extra people just to help us to do, you know, do what we got to do. So it's just, uh, man, we 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 go into the office about seven or eight in the morning. We don't leave till eight or nine at night, and that's every day. God, so man. it's like, and when do you t- take a vacation? Uh, never. <laughs> <laughs> actually, no, yeah. actually, uh, after after Christmas, we're going to get a few days off. So,
1: but like in that situation, you do this because. You want to help people.
10: Right. That's it's in our, your heart. That, that's our mission. That's our calling. And, um, you know, every – and I'm not trying to demean anybody else, but, you know, our our agency, I guess, our church, uh, we, we've we done this so long. I mean, my wife and I, we've done it for eight years And um, as officers, and we, we feel the burden. We feel the press for the need to help people. And, you know, if
1: we're not going to do it, who's going to do it? Sure. Who's going to step up and do it? Let's so, talk about the holidays, <clears throat> because I know we, we see a lot of stuff with the Salvation Army around the holidays, with the bell ringers outside of stores, and, yeah. and that, that's really when you're your most visible. Right. Uh, and you're looking to help people who are going through the holidays maybe without. That could be without food, without shelter, without gifts for the kids or the grandkids or whatever. What is the holiday season going to look like, and how can we as a community help the Salvation Army? Well, I know
10: this year, uh, of course, we're always doing uh, the bell ringing. And uh, that's where people can step up and really help out. But you can actually sign up online. You don't have to contact me personally. You can go on uh, www.registertoring.com. Okay. And uh, people can sign up, pick a location, uh, pick a time, and –
1: pick your people just don't pick your nose. Uh, sorry, I had to hey, say that. If you want to, you can. But, no, uh, but here's the thing, let's let's yeah. before you get off that. Yeah. That's important because I think let's say it's a family who wants to come together and they want to teach their kids the values of helping other people. Right. Or it's a church group, or it's a class at school. Yeah. Like there's different ways that we can do this. You don't have to stand out there by yourself no, and no. and ring the bell. You can bring your people and show that hey, we want to give back as as a group, as a family, as an organization.
10: Right, right, and you know those dates. Uh, you know we're going to start that on November sixth uh, at Hobby Lobby, Dillard's, and JCPenney. Okay. Uh, all the Walmart locations, Sam's Club will begin on November eighteenth, and Harps and Krogers will begin on November November twenty fourth. And exactly. so, you so know, you need a bunch of people. We do. Like we you do. really do. We we have we have ten locations. Physically, mm. but we're trying to step up and try to branch out and get more locations as well. So,
1: so register to ring. dot com if people yeah. want to do that.
10: Yes, sir. Uh, tell me about the angel tree. Okay, the angel tree. Currently, the slots are full, but there is an opportunity to check back within a couple of weeks to see if there's any open slots. Okay. And that's for children ages 0 to 12. And uh, of course, uh, my lovely wife, Captain Terry, is not here, but she monitors that. And so, um, you know, just go back and look again. And you can do that through our Facebook page, the Salvation Army of Jonesboro, uh, looking to see if there's any other open slots. Of course, you know there's other agencies that's trying to do that as well. But uh, but you know you never know. We we might have more opportunities there. And then of course, uh, who can forget our senior angels? Those that are 65 and older Mm. who are struggling through this coming season. And uh, but they're actually going to physically come in on October 18th from 9:30 to 4, and they're going to. My wife and a couple other people are going to help get applications filled out for
1: them. Christmas was my favorite as a kid, right? And and we were never rich as a a kid. We were never rich, but we always had Christmas. I can't imagine being a young person and not having a present to open. And that's where the angel tree comes in. And I also can't imagine being late in life after you've already lived your life and your family's kind of moved on. And all of a sudden you're doing the holidays by yourself. Mm -hmm. Like when you really think about what you guys do as an organization, the value you bring and the help that you bring, uh, we should all step up and help the Salvation Army. Should. I mean, and 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 you're here and that's why, that's why you campaign and go around and talk to everybody and, and get the word out. If people want to find out more about the Salvation Army in Jonesboro, the the Salvation Army that serves Northeast Arkansas, how can they find out more?
10: Okay. They can actually call the office at 870-932-3785, or they can um, email us. Uh, I can throw that out there later. Um, Or they can go to our Facebook page and everything we do is pretty much on our Facebook page. Um, We, my wife and I again—we're the ones that post it. So if something doesn't get posted quickly, we, we're like, "Oh no, we forgot to do that." But we 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 do that. We try to always be, uh, you know, uh, I can't think of the word right now, but try to be proactive. Yeah, That's Mike. the word, and try to get it on there as
1: soon as possible. That way, people can see what we're doing. So. Charles, I need to ask you one last question. Yeah, <clears throat> who really wears the pants in the family? Is it Red you or don't get him? In I trouble. need to know this. I need <laughs> to know this.
10: Actually. Uh, My my wife and I share the (laughs) pants.
3: You (laughs) one pair of pants because you'll
1: give the other pair to somebody else. (laughs) Exactly. Captain Charles Smith joins us this morning from the Salvation Army. It's great to see you again, man. Great seeing you. It's the K-Fine Breakfast Club, powered by Families, Inc.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, this is the K-Fine Breakfast
5: Club. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Powered by Families, Inc. We'll get back to the show.
0: Now back to Brandon Baxter and Kelly Perry.
1: So we are joined this morning by the man you need. need. He is Dr. Kevin Reed. He is man's best friend. He is our best friend. And he is the veterinarian of choice of Arkansas's morning show with Brandon and Kelly. It's Dr. Kevin Reed from Vet Care on Parker Road in Jonesboro, uh, he's our next-door neighbor. Dr. Reed back with Wet Nose Wednesday. What's happening, man?
6: Hey, I don't mean to make Kelly jealous, but I'll just let you know, I'm sipping on a watermelon moonshine slush from Sonic. What? Ooh.
2: Come on now. Okay, Sonic.
1: You know she's fired up about tomorrow night, right? <laughs> yes. So it's it's a, it's a big night, Laney Wilson. Mm-hmm. Hardy in concert tomorrow night. Uh, Dr. Reed, what do you have planned for this week? Anything big and exciting in your life?
6: No, not too big. Uh, I, I am going to go and get buy a cement mixer today.
1: Well, how about that? It sounds a like you're. Cement it sounds like you're living a, a wild life <laughs> over there.
6: Yeah, it's for my, I, I, I make some breeze holes to make uh, breeze blocks. You know, which are the concrete like twelve by twelve inch uh, blocks. Yeah. Back in the sixties, you know, people used them as. Kind of walls, you know, yeah. and I've got a design that um, I haven't actually made a wall yet, but I've, I've got about 40 of the blocks made, so I'm kind of building up to where I get enough to make a wall. He I is
1: have. a vet by day and a designer by <laughs> night. Come on now. Where's HGTV when you need him? Uh, what's going on with this for Wet Nose Wednesday? What can we learn uh, from you about our pets today?
6: You know, and this this is how things happen. Just last night, and this was my topic. It happened last night. Um, you know, I'm I'm probably like a lot of people in their jobs. I mean, pretty much veterinary medicine. You know, I live, breathe, and eat it just about 24 hours a day. You know, uh, you know, it's not just an eight to five job like most people's. You go home, you think about it. You're I'm thinking about cases. I'm uh, looking up stuff. Uh, I'm talking to people on emergency calls. Yeah, and so the joy of my life is going home and having all four of my animals well and happy and healthy. So I don't have to deal with that. Mm -hmm. And uh, a little background to the story. Um, I adopted a, uh, somebody brought in a kitten about three years ago and it had been apparently attacked by a dog or hit by a car or something. It was about six weeks old. It had a broken leg uh, right in the elbow joint. And uh, it was very small, very young and, I just kind of put a padded bandage on it. And within two weeks of, you know, kitten was walking around and doing pretty well, had a callus on it. And I ended up taking her home. And, you know, here she is three years later. Right. So it's always kind of had a limp and hence her name, Peg Leggy Sue. Um, <laughs> but, Gosh. you know, it, it, she's doing pretty well since it was a, you know, intra fracture in the joint itself. And I know probably as she gets older, she's going to have some arthritis. But I noticed the last week or so, she was limping a little more than usual, you know, because it's hardly noticeable, but I could notice it. She'd kind of hold her foot up, and I manipulated the joints, felt around on it, and nothing seemed wrong. And it's kind of the old adage, you know, barber's kid needs a haircut, the cobbler's kid needs a new pair of shoes. (laughs) Yeah. The cat needed to be examined properly. Right. So I, I was in the den watching the tv and she came walking in holding that leg up and i was like okay i'm gonna check so i got to feel it around her paw and she kind of meowed when i touched it and i looked at it a little closer and you know here it is i mean i look at dogs and cats all day long and her i guess since she doesn't use that leg a lot to sharpen her claws um Two of the toenails had kind of curved around and were drawn into her toe pads. And I'm like, oh my gosh. I'm like, this didn't wait until tomorrow. So we drove up last night about eight o'clock and I did an emergency nail trim on her mm-hmm. and today she's doing doing better. So I guess the moral of this story and for me and all pet owners is, you know, even though our pets can't talk to us, just you know, you know if they're Doing something that's not in their routine, or they're acting differently, or you know, just something out of the ordinary. And I just assumed she'd probably jumped off a counter a week or so ago and you know, injured that leg, strained a ligament or a tendon or something, and you know, just had a soft tissue injury. She never licked at the foot, she you know, uh, acted uh, even yesterday at lunch. She was in my lap and purring and you know, wanting me to pet her. And um, you know, fortunately, I did you know, do an attempt to examine her in in the floor of my den last night, and when I got her up here on the table with good lighting, and, you know, I could see what was going on. So um, I think it's just important to, you know, use the cues from your pet as far as, you know, they're pretty much creatures of habit, and if there's something abnormal, there's probably something going on, and it needs to be checked out, and it's better to do it sooner than later, because you know it's a lot easier to catch things on the front end and maybe prevent some potential complications than to wait until you know they're really uh sick with it or not eating or not drinking, and um, you know it's just always better to prevent rather than try to try to treat if you can get in on it on the on the ground floor
1: well, it just makes me think of that saying uh, it's worth uh, an ounce of prevention is worth uh, what is it? The ounce of prevention is better than a pound of cure. Is that what it is?
6: Yes. I think it's an ounce of prevention or a gram of prevention is better than a kilogram of cure. Okay. Uh,
1: That's what I get for trying to sound smart. That's what I get. Jeez. I confuse uh, myself. Kevin, could you come investigate uh, my brain for a second?
6: Oh, yeah, we can do that. We can try that. Maybe maybe next Wednesday we'll do that you
1: <laughs> All right. Y'all, he is the man you need. He is Dr. Kevin Reed. He is man's best friend. He is our best friend. And he is the veterinarian of choice of Arkansas's morning show with Brandon and Kelly. It's Dr. Kevin Reed from Vet Care on Parker Road in Jonesboro, vet-care.com, and on Facebook when you search Vet Care Jonesboro. Dr. Kevin Reed back with Wet Nose Wednesday on the K-Fine Breakfast Club, powered by Family Inc. We'll talk to you next Wednesday, man.
6: Right, have a great day. All right, you too.
1: Ladies and gentlemen,
0: this is the K-Fine Breakfast Club. Hey,
5: welcome back, everybody. Powered by Family Zinc. We'll get back to the show.
0: Now back to Brandon Baxter and Kelly Perry.
1: So we're pumped to have a very special guest in studio with us. For the first time in studio, Coach Brian Hodson, who's the new A-State men's basketball coach, the head coach. Finally, we get you in the studio, man. It's good to see you in person.
7: Yeah, thanks for having me. This was a good morning. Good morning, both of you. Easy trip for me. I I live about five minutes around (laughs) the corner. So uh, this worked out well. Thanks for having me.
1: We talked about that, I guess, at a football game. I'm like, hey, we want to have you on the show. And and coach who's new to town said, uh, which, you know, where's the radio station? I said, right on Parker Road. He's like, I live right behind you. I pass you every (laughs) single day. So then I had to twist his arm to get him to come into the studio. You're yeah.
2: kind of changing your tone a little bit now that he's actually in the room. Well, what do you mean? You've been running your mouth all morning about no, it.
1: Oh, no. my goodness. All uh-huh. I said was that, that, that you might be a tad bit intimidating.
2: Well, that, and he's been imitating your voice, which, by not. the way, you no. sound nothing like
1: him. Oh, wait, i got to hear this. You, yeah, no, go ahead. So, See, this is not how we want to do this. Oh, oh it is no, how I want to do it. No, but,
2: Why don't you go ahead and, and let him
1: hear all what I you said, were doing this morning? All I said was that I was told that I better do a good interview or I'm going to break your knuckles and you're going to forget about it.
2: Yeah, he acts like you're from another country for some reason. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I don't know what it is, but...
7: Um. <clears throat> well, it's it's funny story about that. So we get hired at Alabama, yeah. and uh, you know, Nate Oates gets the head coaching job at Alabama, and we're leaving Buffalo to go down there. They send a, a, a jet to pick us up, and um, our first function, which they didn't tell me about, uh, was a... Uh, at the athletic director's house and it was a bunch of the big donors. Oh, yeah. Um, and so I'm thinking I'm going to get off this plane, go to a hotel, be able to get a shower, wake uh. up and start everything in the morning. So I'm wearing like a Nike track suit. Right. Um, and they're like, well, no, actually, by the way, we're going to go to the athletic director's oh. house and you're going to meet all the donors. Uh, So Nate's in a suit, of course, but I am not. So I walk in in this track jacket and uh, they all thought I was Nate's bodyguard.
1: (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) So Nate introduced me
7: as his uh, as his assistant coach and everybody was kind of thrown for a loop.
1: Yeah, no, I think that's fun. So the first time I saw you, I guess it was at the spring game. Right. Because I'd seen you at the press conference. I'm like, okay, he's a big old dude. Right. And I told uh, Kelly. So I did wrestling before I did this. I'm like, I just have this vibe that we would click because like the way I hear him and like his demeanor, I feel like you could have been a wrestler too back in the day. And then I stood next to you at the spring game and I thought, good grief. This guy's a monster. I think I joked about, Hey, can you kind of squat to take a picture with me for a second? (laughs) Uh, So we had Jeff Purinton in last week. Okay. Uh, And we're talking about how he really has seen your career from when you got to Alabama. And he was kind of bragging on you. I said, well, Jeff, what happens in a situation where you need to get on to coach Hodson? Mm -hmm. How does that go? Because I can just imagine, you know, yeah. excuse out. me, sir. <laughs> but, but I think that's, that's such a fun element of what you bring is like you're going to be a guy who's going to get out there and, you know, I think you're going to command attention.
7: Yeah, and and hopefully we we never get to a point where Jeff needs to get on me, but yeah, right. um, but uh, no, I I love and respect Jeff, so it wouldn't be that difficult. But uh, yeah, I think I, I'm I'm gonna bring energy. I think this yeah. this community is uh, looking for that, and um, our guy, you know, our guys want that. They want to be coached, and they want to be coached by someone with some enthusiasm, and um, so I, I think that you'll definitely get that from us.
1: Can we talk? Uh, one of the things we like to do on our show is kind of like pull the curtain back because I feel like if people know the human being that is not just a head coach we see on TV doing sports interviews, but if we know the person who is Brian Hudson, if I were to say to you, kind of give me an overview of of who you are and why you are the way you are today, how would you kind of encapsulate that?
7: Yeah, I would say, um, I've, I've overcame some adversity in my lifetime from the time I was a, a, a child. And, um, been very very fortunate uh, to be around some good loving people Mm -hmm. um and nothing nothing's been given to me i've kind of kicked down doors so to speak and and forced my way into this uh because it's my dream and i and i was fortunate to be uh raised by my adopted parents who uh basically instilled in me from a young age that whatever i wanted to do I, i could do it so um you know i'm 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 kind of relay that same message to our guys um, and, and build confidence in them because that's that's how I was raised. And uh, every time our guys step on the floor, I want them to feel um, that they're the best player in the gym and, and, and go out there and play with confidence uh, and not play fearing to make mistakes. So um, I'm, I'm a people lover. Uh, that's why, you know, you'll hear I'm out in the community a bunch. Yeah. I, I enjoy that. I want to meet people. I want to spend time with people that support us Um Okay. And, and so you'll see me out and about a, a bunch. And uh, with with my background, I, I, I love being around children. Yeah. Um, you know, we're going to do some camps uh, coming up here soon for some foster children in the community, and uh, that's near and dear to my heart. But okay. um, you know, helping helping young men, helping young children is is is, is uh, something that I'm really passionate about.
1: When did you end up with your foster parents? I
7: mm-hmm. was uh, I was placed into foster care when I was uh, just old, just under a year old. Uh, And then I was later adopted uh, when I was two um, and uh, spent my the rest of my childhood and, and mm-hmm. uh, with that family. So I was born to a teenage mother uh, for 15 when she gave birth to me, uh, 14 when she uh, became pregnant with me and mm-hmm. uh, she tried her best, but some uh, there was some tough circumstances there and um, which, which ended up, um, you know, me needing a foster home. Sure. Uh, and so, uh, but I, I was fortunate to be, to be raised by two loving people. I think it takes special, special people to bring a child into their home that yeah. they did not birth and, and, and raise them as if they, and love them as if they did and and my family did that for me.
1: I was talking to uh the Chancellor Todd Shields and he was talking, he had been at an event that you had done um and I guess he had spoke to some some recruits who had come in and he told me, he said, I want you to get to know Coach Hodson and I want you to get to know his fiancee because they're really good people. And he said that he watches how you deal with not just a recruit, but with you're recruiting the family as well. And when these parents come in and they realize that you're going to look over their kids, you're going to look after their kids, and that your job is to be their protector on campus, he said that's winning people over. And you know, you have a history of being able to recruit. Do you think your background has led you to that, where that's that's your strength because of how you connect?
7: Yeah, one one thousand percent. You know, if you my 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 childhood story is public now, I started speaking on it. Uh, Probably about eight years ago when I first got into Division I basketball, uh, a local sports writer from my hometown asked me to share my story uh, around the holidays to to give hope to maybe some other children that were in the foster care system. And uh, so if you if you know anything about my background, um, you know, really. There's not much that a, a re- recruiter's family uh, are going to present to me uh, that they may be going through that I, I didn't go through myself right. or uh, didn't see firsthand or, or had some experience with. So, um, oftentimes that guy in that first chair, um, it can be intimidating. Yeah. You know, the, the head coach title can be intimidating. Sure. And, um, I, I don't, I don't ever want them to feel that way. I want them to feel that I understand who they are, where they're coming from. Uh, that their son is going to make mistakes, uh, and that I'm here to help them through that. And I think truth, uh, it's one of our core values of our program. Truth is just so important. Uh, and and the young men that we're recruiting, uh, they, they can smell BS from a mile away. Yeah. Hmm. And so uh, I think just, just understanding that they're going to have a truthful, open relationship with uh, myself and my staff, it, it's a big deal.
1: When did you fall in love with basketball?
7: You know, I, uh, everything kind of ties back to my childhood. You know, I I, uh, was with the Hodson family. I was adopted already at this point. So I was actually born to a a totally different name. My name at birth was uh, Brandon David Kramer. Really? Uh, Yes. Uh, So, yeah. So uh, changed my name uh, just right right after I was two years old. Um, And I, you know, there was a lot of kids in the house. Um, So my parents, they're just, Unbelievable people, and uh, i don 't think they ever said no, so whenever right. there was a kid in need, uh, whether it was an uh, emergency you know one night situation or even up to several years, they would foster those kids and so oftentimes, I was sharing a room with two or three other kids, and there yeah. was uh, ten ten kids running around the house and so I kind of found peace out on a, in our driveway. There was yeah. a basketball hoop there, and uh, I give credit to my older brother. Um, Garrett, who I don't I don't know that he's ever shot probably more than 10 total shot basketball <laughs> shots in his entire life because we're two totally different people. He's probably the smartest human being I've ever met, valedictorian of his class, full academic scholarship at St. Bonaventure. Uh, but I think he to develop a relationship with me because there was such a big age gap. uh, He would pick me up on Saturday mornings and take me to St. Bonaventure basketball games uh, and to go and sit there and watch A-10 basketball games. I thought those guys were the best players in the world. and I just fell in love with the game.
1: So at what point did you decide you wanted to take this from being something you enjoyed to watch and participate in to being a career? Because that's a big step. And a lot of times when you take that step, you know, a lot of people dream of that, but it's hard to get there. It's hard to become a head coach. Uh, What was the point in your life where you said, hey, I want to do this. I'm going to chase it.
7: Yeah, I think, honestly, as a player, um, I was uh, never the best player on my team. I was always competitive. Um, I was kind of like a coach on the floor. I, I just enjoyed it. Um, and so as I continued that and, and, and went on to play in college, um, you know, I played junior college for two years, uh, in Jamestown, New York, Jamestown community college. And our assistant coach, we would, we would take vans to all of our games back then. And so I would ride shotgun with him and just, just pick his brain about the coaching business. And, um, and, and man, I just found it so fascinating, uh, being able to impact young people, yeah. uh, and being able to be around the game that I love. But also um, the challenge, the challenge of getting in this business and staying in this business. Um, You know, someone, one of my assistants gave me a stat the other day, which is kind of crazy. There's, it's, it's harder to become a Division One head coach, numbers wise, percentage wise, right. than it is to get a guaranteed NBA roster spot. Oh, wow. There's more guaranteed NBA roster spot than yeah, right. roster spots than there are Division One head coaching opportunities. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so just the challenge of, uh, and, and the competition is, is something that I love.
1: Coach Brian Hodson joins us in studio this morning. I can tell, and I, this might seem weird as two dudes sitting in a room and Kelly in here is going to listen to me say this, no, it's awkward. I can sense your heart, though. Like, just talking to you. And that's what I wanted people to know. Like,
2: I want to suit up. I'm ready yeah, to play. This that's ain't how just how about I'll the come. freaking numbers
1: and <laughs> stats and recruits. Like, the person that we're talking to, um, you know, charming, nice. The story is going to work. Uh, but, you know, so you're in Alabama. Let's, let's go through that. Let's get the journey to Arkansas State. Uh, you're doing well at Alabama recruiting, and you're getting tons of national attention for what you're doing. Uh, the opportunity comes up for Arkansas State. The head coaching job comes open. It's a big deal to leave. It's a big deal to leave something you're comfortable in. What made this one, the Arkansas State job, the right job for you to say, "Hey, Alabama, I'm out. I'm going. I'm going to try this."
7: Simple answer, uh, short answer, Jeff yeah. Um It is tough to leave, and and um, I think again back to my childhood. I don't love change. Yeah. Um, and we had a we had a good thing going at Alabama. We were number one in the country. one uh, the sec two out of the last three years uh, and 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 it really i enjoyed it because people told us we couldn't yeah you know it's a football school you can't win there in yeah. basketball well we did yeah. um, and so i was enjoying that um, i had some other opportunities come up and, and i wasn't a guy that was in a rush to be a head coach you know everybody everybody wants to be the boss and, yeah. and have, but there's <laughs> there's stuff that comes with that that you know i just i was enjoying uh being where my feet were and 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 I had a great boss in Nate Oates. Uh, But when this job opened uh, and Jeff Perrington called, uh, I was fortunate enough to work. Uh, Jeff was our direct supervisor at Alabama, oversaw men's basketball. Um, So I worked with Jeff on a day-to-day basis. And his passion uh, is a big deal to me. But also, Jeff was in a position at Alabama. Uh, Jeff was directly hired by Nick Saban. Right. Um, And, you know, I think everybody knows if there's if 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 you're uh, if you've got Nick Saban on your side in the state of Alabama, (laughs) uh, you're you're in a good spot. So for him to leave that and come here, I knew that this place had to be special. Uh, So as soon as I got that phone call, I kind of dug deep uh, into this university and this community and knew it was something I wanted to be a part of.
1: A bunch of stuff coming up. It's it's really it's go time, right? Like this is exhibitions are right around the corner. The season's right around the corner. It seems like you're still on the road too. Are you still recruiting? Yes, nonstop. Does it ever stop?
7: No, it doesn't. Not if you want to be any good. Um, Yeah, we're on the road quite a bit and and practice every day. And it's just uh, finding a balance of uh, of you know uh, spending enough time with our guys here while also making sure that we keep players coming in here.
1: So the first exhibition game is going to happen October the twenty fifth. It's a Wednesday. Uh, and, and that's a big deal for you. And I want to talk about the importance of exhibition games in a second. Uh, you guys just made the big announcement that uh, you're going to be playing UCA as an exhibition game, which is going to be a fundraiser for wind relief and recovery. I know you guys sent people down there as soon as that happened back in March. Uh, tell me the importance of exhibition games. Is it because you haven't had the chance to get these guys suited up against other people? Is that why that's important? Is this? Do you judge the team based on this or how does that look?
7: A little bit of everything. It's uh, basically an exhibition game um, is a is a live practice in front of other people. Yeah. Uh, when I say practice, I mean, obviously it doesn't necessarily count towards your win-loss record, but we're going to have fans in the stands. Um, the, the lights are going to be on, and we're going to have uh, three officials out there. And um, So really it's an opportunity for us, our, our guys, to uh, get a game environment before we're, we're thrown into the fire. Um, and so you have the opportunity – The NCAA gives you the opportunity to do a closed scrimmage in uh, an exhibition or file a waiver uh, to do two exhibitions, but that second exhibition needs to be uh, towards a charity. That's right. So uh, what a what a great opportunity for us to help support the people and win uh, after that tragic event. And uh, to us, it was a no-brainer, and credit to Central Arkansas. As soon as we presented the idea to them, uh, they were 100% on board. And so uh, we're excited to, to be able to play in front of our fans but also support a great cause.
1: Coach Brian Hodson joins us in studio. A couple more things with you before you get to go. Um, the golf tournament that you guys did. You came in with this vision. You're going to do a golf tournament. And we talked to the Impact Club and Dustin Kellum's and, and we kind of talked about that on the radio. And I was like, wow, that's a, that's a big hope. That's a big thing. You guys dreamed big. And then when I talked to you the night before the golf tournament, it was packed, sold out, big fundraiser. What the heck, man? Like, how did that work out so big? Because I thought the dream was pretty lofty. What, how did it come together?
7: Yeah, I think um, you know we've got expectations for our program and in our in this community, and um, we we want to we're we're going to bring an energy that wants people to be involved, and um, you know we I, I think this community loves. Uh, Arkansas State University—they they love supporting our programs here. Um, I think they're on board with helping us out. And so when we had the the idea of the golf tournament, um, you know, we had some people say, "Well, wow, that's going to be tough to do here in Jonesboro." <laughs> yeah. And uh, so just just like I said, I'm kind of I'm kind of the guy that likes to prove people wrong. <laughs> right. And I said, "Okay, you know, <laughs> sit back and watch." So yeah. uh, we we sold it out. Every single sponsorship opportunity was sold. Every um, every foursome was sold. And we're so appreciative of the people that supported us. And, and came out to that event. It was a huge deal for our program. Can I challenge you again? Yeah,
1: I want to challenge you to sell every ticket for Boots and Ballers. Can we work on that? Yeah,
7: we can work on that. I mean, um, I, we first I need to find out where the limit is, so I know yeah. what I've got to get to. How but, many
1: tables you got? Yeah, right? how many?
7: Yeah, how many tables I got? Once we get there, <laughs> um, I'm I'm up for that challenge. And
1: I think you can do it. Like, I, I just believe in. I look in your eyes. I'm like this dude believes he's going to change the world here.
7: Yeah, and and my thing is um obviously there's a price tag with these events you know yep. buying the table or sponsoring the event uh but myself my staff and, and our players uh we're going to be there uh we want to be there we're going to interact and, and we promise people are going to have a good time and uh we're going to put our own spin on things we're yep. going to hopefully in the next week or so announce a couple uh one or two celebrity guests i think that people will enjoy oh. uh, hearing from and meeting um but yeah we're we're really excited for the event
1: so Boots and Ballers is going to be happening on Thursday, October the 26th at First National Bank Arena. This is an event, and I think I was there for the very first one that we ever did as, as a host. Um, so let's kind of talk through, for people who haven't been, you know, maybe like let, let's buy in on Brian Hudson basketball. What's it going to look like for Boots and Ballers? What's going to be different this year?
7: You know, um, I'll be honest with you, in the past, they've done a great job here. This is a great event. event. I mean, it has been- it's, a, it's a great event, and so uh, credit to, to Coach Bellotto and the last staff. And uh, I mean, they, they really did uh, put on a great event. So um, we're not going to change everything. We want to put our own spin on, on things, um, but not much is going to change. Really, what it is is an opportunity for uh, the community, local businesses uh, to come out, meet our guys, meet our staff, interact with us. Uh, in a, in a, uh, in a social setting, uh, before we get rolling. And, uh, because right after that, uh, it's go time and we're gonna be in and out of town and, uh, and we're gonna be playing games and it's a lot harder for us to get out in the community. Uh, so we've made a, uh, a concerted effort to get out as much as we can before that. Uh, but just, just to have a good time and celebrate the start of basketball season uh, right about that time we'll be celebrating a couple more football wins and now, and in uh, a, a bull berth so um, I think it'll just be a fun time here in Jonesboro um, and, and just a time for people to get to know our guys uh, for those I know there's been some questions out there we did change some of the pricing on things mm-hmm. um, and what we did was we do have those platinum level tables mm-hmm. um, and, and obviously anybody can purchase those but really ge- geared towards businesses, local businesses, uh, and what I want to do on those tables you know, that $2,500 price tag is challenge local businesses to support us.
1: Yes, yeah,
7: go. Um, and come out, buy a $2,500 table, bring your employees, uh, and let's have a good time. Get to meet our guys. And because those are also the same companies we need to come to our games. Yeah. Uh, you know, get your employees' tickets. You know, give them, I think it's it's just like anything else in the world. Show your employees a good time, get them tickets to a football game, a basketball game. And, and work production usually tends to go up. You yeah. know, You're your employees right. appreciate things like that. And so that $2,500. Those platinum tables, obviously, we've had some individuals buy them, and we're so appreciative. But really, going to start, you know, pressuring some businesses here in town. Uh, you know, hey, you, you, tell us you want to support us and you love a state basketball. <laughs> yeah. Here you go. Here's an invoice, buddy. Yeah.
1: No, it's going to be a great event. It's, ha- it has been a great event. It's going to be interesting to see how, like, the new spin and the new energy. Because I can feel your energy. I can feel the vibe. Uh, quickly, what's it going to be like on the field, on the court? I'm sorry. Uh, when we get on the court, when we see you guys out there at, at the arena, First National Bank Arena, what's it going to look like?
7: Yeah, so I think um, you're going to see it's going to be a lot different from what you're used to. Uh, We're 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 aiming to be one of the fastest basketball teams in the country uh, in terms of pace of play. Uh, But with that, um, you know, I I always tell our guys, you can play really fast and you can also lose really fast. Uh, So we want to play fast but play efficient basketball. Uh, We're big on numbers and analytics. um, So we, you know, that's something that I I learned and, and I'm bringing with me from Nate Oates. So we study the game. We really spend time uh, breaking everything down and teaching our guys uh, expected shot values and where we need to be getting our shots from. Yeah. Even though we're playing this fast, and they're they're adjusting very well. I mean, kids want to play fast. Yeah. I mean, you watch, you turn the NBA on. That's that's how the game's played in the NBA. Uh, and so I think you can you'll you'll can expect to see uh, a team that's going to get up and down at a, at a good clip.
1: A-StateRedWolves.com to find out more about basketball, to find out more about the exhibition games, about boots and ballers, about season tickets, single game tickets, all that different stuff. Uh, my wife did have one question she wanted me to ask you. Let's hear it. She just wanted to know if your fiancé
7: was here. My fiance she's she's at the house. I mean, she could probably jog here in about eight minutes. But uh, so, uh, my fiance we're we're uh, we're expecting a baby. We're expecting a son on on uh, January seventeenth. Right oh now gosh. is our due date. Yes. that's quicker than I thought. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. We uh, we did everything all at once. Got engaged, moved to Jonesboro, and have a, have a boy on the way. Um, so uh, she is. You want uh, a challenge, right? You're going. Yeah, do it all. yeah. We're going to do it all. And uh, so, um, but no, she's she. Uh, we do need to get her in here in studio. She's beautiful. She's absolutely beautiful. That's definitely, uh, people talk about my recruiting. That's my number one too, for sure. Um, And so I I think I've heard more, um, you know, you've outkicked your coverage than anything else around here. I'm like, hey, thanks. (laughs) I appreciate it. Go away,
1: right? Yeah. No, but so like my wife. uh, Brandon hears that all the time. I hear it all the time too. Uh, (laughs) But my wife literally, she's like, I saw Hodson's fiance. I guess you guys were walking somewhere at football at a a game. Mm -hmm. And my wife isn't going to stop random people. She just doesn't do that. She's like, I stopped her and told her, I think you might be the most gorgeous person I've ever seen in person. So,
7: yep. congratulations. Well, thank on you that. very much. Yeah, I know she'll appreciate that.
1: All right, one more thing. You have one minute?
7: I have whatever you need. I'm good. Can we do five questions with the coach? Yeah, I'm good. Yeah.
1: Five questions, Coach Brian yeah, Hodson. Yeah. This is all on Kelly. So, if these are bad, you can blame her.
2: Brandon, what's the first major concert you ever attended?
7: All right, no judgment here. Okay. This um, is a
2: judge free zone. Uh, so,
7: uh, do you remember and one mixtape? Yeah. The yeah. And one street was a big TV show uh, yeah. when I was when uh-huh. I was growing up and everybody wanted to be an and one street baller. Well, yeah. they did a, uh, a deal in Cleveland, uh, where they did, uh, they had the and one mixtape basketball game there and an open run right outside back then. It was, uh, I believe it was called the Gund arena. Now it's quick and loans arena. Yep. Uh, but at halftime of that, Bone Thugs and Harmony. Come
3: performing. on, <laughs> and yes,
7: and man, I was fired up. now we. I think we listened to Bone Thugs all the way from uh, down down the '90s, all the way to Cleveland. All for right, two and a half hours. that's
2: a good one. All right, what is your favorite hobby that has nothing to do with basketball?
7: I love to cook. Oh, uh, come on. Yeah, so I. Uh, I've got, a, I've got a couple smokers. I can cook anything from Italian to barbecue, you name it. So, oh, uh, you know, on a Sunday I like watching my Buffalo Bills and, uh, you know, coming up with something unique to, to cook uh, for me and Jordan. But, um, yeah, it's something that I kind of watched my mom growing up and, and really took a, took a liking to.
2: Okay. Last
7: show you binged. Last show I binged. I'm not a huge TV guy. Oh, Yellowstone.
3: Okay. okay. Great got TV it.
7: show. I, I mean, I need I need more. I mean, mm-hmm. I, this time of year when I'm basketball, basketball, basketball all day long, I need some. I need another season. I need something. An but escape. Yeah. <laughs> yes, Yellowstone was the yeah. show for sure.
2: First celebrity crush.
7: Oh gosh, your fiance might wait, be wait. listening. How old are you? Thirty six. Okay. Okay. Jennifer Lopez. Not even close. Okay, I okay. Mean, yeah. I mean, you go back to those music videos with Ja Rule, Come I think on, everybody up. will understand. Yep, okay. yeah, yep. Yep. And, yeah, she's still amazing, right? Yep, yes. she is.
2: She's an alien. And if we were able to look through your contacts on your oh, phone, geez, who is this. the most famous person's number you have? Oh, man. We've had the best answers. No pressure.
1: Yeah. <laughs> don't screw it up. <laughs>
7: yeah. Um, if you say Lainey Wilson. No, it's... No, no. Okay. That, that's a tough... I've, I've got a few contacts in there. Um, I don't want to insult anybody, but... Um, <laughs> Butch Jones. There you Butch go. Jones okay. Sure.
1: Hey, yeah. all Butch right. Jones. So, in a fight, who would win? Your coach? Coach Jones.
2: Brandon, that's a horrible... Question. Well, the good in thing about the good thing
1: about butch is he would have direct aim at the crotch okay if he was standing yeah um can't say i you. love butch
7: but i but i think i'm, I'm gonna have, i'm gonna take myself in that no. one here. just the age difference you know he's butch butch is uh I don't know. He's probably in better shape than me. Well, I don't, it'd be a good fight. Who has better shoes?
2: Oh, Butch. I'm Butch sorry. My, my, I'm sorry. I said that too fast. Yeah, you did. Because you, you, you oh. haven't
7: been to my closet okay. now. am okay, okay, I'm, okay. I'm, I'm This is where Butch and I really get along before oh, we so were shoes? even at Arkansas State. We're both big shoe guys. Oh. But... uh I, your answer is correct. I mean, if you saw Butch's contract at Tennessee, yeah, he could he, could, he could afford some stuff that I could not afford. So, uh, but Butch, yeah, Butch's Butch's got an elite elite shoe closet as, as well. And I'm working my way towards that.
1: That's awesome. We were in his house one time for some recruiting event, and we were trying to hide my wife's purse. We opened what we thought was just a closet in the hallway. It was a whole closet of like- like shoes on display, and it yeah. was so ridiculous.
7: Yeah, I've got something similar. We'll we'll have okay. you over, okay. we'll have you over sometime. He's got. You know he's got a unique. He's got the designer stuff, to, mm-hmm. but to the sneakers, I'm more of a, a sneakerhead. I've got I've got pretty much any Jordan you can think of, and yeah. some real uh, limited stuff so that that some athlete friends of mine have sent me. But I'm also a big shoe guy.
1: Okay, yeah. that's so. I have a 14 year old son. He would love to come mm-hmm. look at that. Yeah, so.
7: bring him by. Bring him by.
1: Coach Brian Hodson joins us in studio, as Kelly said. We're going to want to run through walls for you. Yeah. Um, just great to have you in. We knew we thought we would click, and uh, we just appreciate you coming in. Yeah, we know we for took him. a lot of time. Hey,
7: anytime. I'm, it's right on the way to work. So you let me know, I'll stop in. There you go.
1: A-StateRedWolves.com to find out more about A-State basketball and get your tickets for the exhibitions and Boots and ballers.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, this is the K-Fine Breakfast Club. Hey, welcome back,
5: everybody. Powered by Family Zinc. We'll get back to the show. Now back to
0: Brandon Baxter and Kelly Perry.
1: We're joined this morning by Dee Collins from St. Bernard's, who has joined us in studio this morning. Decked Good morning. Out in pink.
11: In pink. is the only color.
1: I mean, it's a way to go this week, too, right?
11: It is totally. If you're not wearing pink, we don't know you.
1: Let's talk about this Pink Warrior thing coming up on Saturday, because this deal, we were there last year, and we got to be a part of it and witness it and be there all the way until the very end. What an awesome event.
11: It is absolutely fabulous. I mean, this is the opportunity of... The year, Mm -hmm. it is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Um, We've had a lot of ladies in our community that have battled and survived. So what a great opportunity to raise them up. If you can't raise up somebody you know that has had breast cancer Mm -hmm. and fought it and come out on the other side, well, you need to come talk to me because i got a lady (laughs) that I can let you talk to. You just need to do it. And this is to honor those ladies. It's to raise funds for ladies who need a mammogram that don't have insurance. Mm -hmm. It's just Everything about this, it touches my heartstrings every day. So we want folks to come out. GoPinkWarrior.com is the way you register. It's 30 bucks, but you get a cool T-shirt. But seriously, that money is coming back Mm -hmm. to our community, Mm -hmm. not somewhere else, right here, for those ladies that need a mammogram that may not have insurance. And so what better way to do that?
1: I think it's important to reiterate that because sometimes, you know, you're can you you hearing about fundraisers and, hey, the money's going to go here and then we're going to figure out where we're going to send it somewhere in the country. When you know your money is going to impact local people, I think that's a game changer for it people. It
11: absolutely is. I mean, you don't want someone not to get their mammogram. Right. And they need it because of just being in between jobs or my employer doesn't have insurance right now. Or, or insurance is
1: too high. or, or Absolutely. I mean, I, I, and,
11: I mean, it's just huge yeah. I mean, as far as that impact. So I just tell folks, you know, I don't want to have the phone call from the lady who says, you know, my mom died of breast cancer and I'm in between jobs and mm. I need a mammogram. It's time. And I'm scared to death. Right. That's the phone call you don't want to get when you. Don't have funds. So this is the way we do that is to help those ladies. Um, And we just want everybody to chip in just a little. Um, 30 bucks. Do you think there's a
1: bunch of people around here that are either uninsured or underinsured who who are putting off care because of stuff like that?
11: Absolutely. And COVID didn't help that. You know, even the folks that had insurance, we all got scared and pulled back. Yeah, you're right. And so even the ladies who do have insurance, I want to remind you, have you had your mammogram this year? If you're over 40, uh, you need to have a yearly mammogram. So if you haven't done that, you need to call your doctor and schedule. If you have a sister, if you have a mom, if you have a daughter that's old enough, if you have a bestie, Whatever. Please don't skip your mammogram. It is a life changer, game changer for those ladies who we detect early. Early is the key. If you don't come, we can't detect it early. So screening is out there, and we just want to make sure, ladies, just don't forget that. Take care of yourself because you're the ones taking care of all the guys in your come life on. oh D. exactly no
1: but like literally when you talk about cancer survival, uh, survival rates and they're much better than they used to be oh, when, absolutely. You put, when you go back 30 or 40 years but most of that is because of early detection and, and the, we're figuring yes. it out early
11: absolutely and you know the, te- the technology that we have it's yeah. awesome and it, it continually gets better and better but I mean you've got to come in that's the first step if we can't do your mammogram then we can't screen you so come
1: so the reason that we're going to be doing the pink warrior run and walk is to raise money for that let me just tell you that uh the high temperature on saturday just the weather in general sunshine and like 70
3: yes Yes. like it's going to be
1: perfect uh the whole event kicks off like you know there's going to be vendors out there and i thought that was a fun uh, element to get out there and just see local people it really was like the community and the community leaders coming together Mm -hmm. uh but then the the survivor parade it gets me every year when i watch those people who have gone through the battle, and, and they've endured it, and they've fought, and they've won. That's such a great feeling.
11: That smile that you see on their faces, yeah. I mean, geez. That's great. It gives me the chill bumps, I know. you guys. Yeah. I just Every get the, I get, oh, it's just, it, I'm in awe of those ladies. I think I'm a strong woman mm-hmm. until I see one of those ladies. And I'm going to get teary-faced oh, on yeah. you guys. Go I'm ahead. just saying, it is awesome to see those ladies. They are they mm-hmm. are why we do. They, mm-hmm. they are why I do what I do. Mm-hmm. I mean, We gotta help those folks. I would want them to help me in my time of trouble, and so this is our time to come out wear your pink. Mm-hmm. If you can't wear pink, you're not tough enough. <laughs> Come on, wear your pink. It. So, Saturday morning at uh, 8.30, Survivor Parade. Okay. Not The race kicks off at 9. Yeah. We're going to lead off from the Wellness Center there on Matthews mm-hmm. and help, just kind of mingle out. We're kind of just meandering out through the college and yeah. then back at the Wellness Center. But it's going to be an awesome day.
1: That's going to be beautiful mm-hmm. for that. And again, I guess people can <laughs> still sign up. Even yes. let, Let's say they wake up on Saturday morning. They're like, you know what? I'm up early. I think I want to go do this. Can they even sign up on site? Come. Okay. Come. Just get out there.
11: Get out there, please.
1: But if they want to sign up early, the website one more time?
11: GoPinkWarrior.com.
1: You're fired up, aren't you?
11: I love it. Hey, I love it. doing this. How
2: many years have you been doing this? Twenty-two. Yeah. She's well, she been is, a nurse
11: for longer than that, but I've been in this position since 2000. With
2: this energy for that many years? Yeah. Like, that's
1: that's who she is. So. Well, and that takes a special type yeah. of person does, to so. have that type of passion still after well, I all those years. appreciate you guys. So, yeah. You
11: know, we all have our calling. And yep. so, you know, mine's wearing pink and talking about it. So, hey. There
1: you go. D Collins joined us in the studio this morning from St. Bernard's. Again, you can find out more and get signed up for uh, this weekend's Pink Warrior Run and Walk at gopinkwarrior.com.